full of crappy podcasts. One crappy podcast will try and stand out above all the other nonsensical crap. A podcast not bound by the rules of other podcasts. Episode 29. There's already like 7 million podcasts talking about pop culture and all that. Makes us happy like shooting at a womp rat. But it's all been done before. We don't want to be a copycat. We're the leftovers picking up the scraps. Dropped by the cool kids. It, it, it's a trap. Good and toss it, good and taste it. Do we love it? Hey, let's face it. Can't erase it. Let's embrace the Tupperware party. Subculture spill over like a vulture. Carry over counterculture pushovers. Pop culture. Leftovers. And you're the uncool kids. What's to say has already been said. Leftovers. Pretty sure that the only talent is the band that's singing this. Pop culture leftovers. Are, are, are you ready for the only podcast hotter than a human torch? It's Pop Culture Leftovers. Five, four, three, two, one. Hey, welcome to Pop Culture Leftovers, the only podcast that sounds even better the second day after it's been uploaded. I'm Brian, and with me today, none of the leftovers. It's just me. But I've got some great friends that are filling in today. Dave Griffin from the editorial team, Domesticated Dave, is here today to fill in. Good evening, everyone. Nice to meet you. And we've got two members of the Leftover Army that are going to be filling in tonight. Uh, guys, thank you for uh, listening to the call and uh, you know stepping forward. Uh, first, we have a, uh, a guy out of uh, Elgin, Illinois, Alil. Hello, everyone. And uh, we've got uh, Steve from California. Hey, how's it going? All right. So, guys, um, I kind of just wanted to explain a little bit about why the other leftovers aren't with us tonight, and then we're going to jump into the show. Um, Jay personally has a lot of things going on in his life right now and doesn't have the time uh, necessary to put forward on the show. Um and he has an ex- he, he, I, I give him an extension to come back 
anytime he wants to. Uh, Jake has said that he is going to come back within the next few weeks. Um, me and Jake didn't see eye to eye on eye, eye to eye on something, uh, but we have worked it out. You know, sometimes friends don't always see eye to eye. Uh, but uh, we've worked it out, and hopefully Jake will be back in the next few weeks. He's promised me that he will, so hopefully that'll happen. Um, but uh, I just want to get started with the episode. I don't want to. I don't want to spend too much time on that. Okay. So you guys didn't just go Highlander on each other, like there could be only one. Yeah, and I cut their fucking heads <laughs> off. <laughs> I went all went all. I almost said David Lambert. That's the that's the uh, American Idol guy, isn't it? Yeah, definitely not. No, Adam Lambert. There yeah, go. there we go. Uh, yeah, we went all Adam Lambert on each other. Which, what do you want oh, no, from me? No, do <laughs> Dave, um, I wanted to thank you for all your work that you do on the website. And you actually recently put out an article for the uh, Cartoon Network show, Steven Universe. And I read it, and that is what is now making me watch the show. I had no interest in watching the show. I read your article, watch the show. I really enjoyed it. So thank you for that. No problem. I hope some of you out there check out Steven Universe. It is fantastic. All right. Um, we have a catchphrase contest. I kind of wanted to go over that again. Um, one last time, I'm going to go over the contest. Uh, this is the last week to get in on the contest before we do announce a winner on episode 30. Um, at the end of the show, we it's kind of been awkward. We just don't have an end of the show catchphrase. And so, like, at the end of the show, I just want us to say something like, so until next week to be continued, or until next week, may the force be with you. So what we're looking for for our listeners to help us uh, with the end of the show catchphrase, and, and if we like yours, we'll use it at the end of the show, just send your submissions to popcultureleftovers at gmail.com with the subject catchphrase. We'll read the winner on episode 30, and we'll send you a free print from artist Sean Hamilton at Creating Studios, and then we'll contact you for the shipping address. Um, <clears throat> we did have some uh, questions from some listeners. I wanted to go over um, Kenneth Tagher asked a question. He said, what comic would you recommend for checking out in preparation for upcoming movies or series in 2014, 2015? I really like reading source material and getting extra enjoyment out of the film, knowing background info. I've been wanting to get into comic books that are relevant to movies. Um, what is going on over there? Is somebody like, is some kind of like a noise, like somebody's whittling something out of wood. Is Andy Dufresne making something over there with sandstone? What the fuck is going on? Somebody making a chessboard? <laughs> I don't know. I don't Not know. on my end. All right. I'm just hearing, like, whittling or something. It was me. It was you? I was whittling. <laughs> All right. Well, keep it in your pants and stop whittling. I do that when I get nervous. <laughs> All right. Um, so, Kenneth Taggart, it's a good question. It's like, we got some great movies coming out. Okay, Captain America Winter Soldier comes out next year. We've got Days of Future Past coming out next year. The Fantastic Four movie is coming out in 2015. Man of Steel 2 is coming out in 2015. Um, he wants to know what comic series he should be reading to kind of like give himself kind of like, you know, like an idea of like what he needs to read to know some background so he's not going in blind. Um, I wanted to tell, you know, Kenneth, I, I thought that Captain America Winter Soldier, the ultimate collection, just pick that up from Ed Brubaker and Steve Epting. It's uh, You can get it on Amazon. It's the Captain America Winter Soldier Ultimate Collection. Ed Brubaker is the one that invented the character of the Winter Soldier that we'll be introduced to in Captain America Winter Soldier. So 
what better way to understand that character than to read that run? Um, <clears throat> of course, Days of Future Past, read that run by Chris Claremont. Um, but won't that create expectation levels that that movie could never, ever possibly attain? Well, I mean, you, honestly, yes. Yeah. Okay, I guess if you want to go in blind, but I think, I think audiences are savvy enough to realize that this movie's going to suck. Yeah, it seems that way. You know, I mean, what have we gotten from Brian Singer? A bunch of garbage. Dead be dead Superman, yeah. I mean, other than usual suspects, we've gotten a bunch of crap from him. So, I mean, I'd like, there are scenes that I can take away from, like, the first two X-Men that I liked, but none of them are action scenes, which is, that's what I want to see from an X-Men movie. Good action. Uh, I, I like the Nightcrawler scene from the beginning of the That's it, dude. They blew their wad that on the Nightcrawler pretty scene. pretty nice. Dude, they blew their wad on the Nightcrawler scene. Okay, that's like, seriously, that's like, okay, here's the foreplay, here's the foreplay, uh, I'm done. And then the yeah, rest of the movie is like you're sitting there with nothing. No, I, I, I agree with that. It's, it's, uh, it's, it was definitely the highlight of the movie, but man, when I, when I think of Brian Singer's action scenes, yeah, that's the only one that really comes to mind. Everything else, everything else is just, uh, I did subpar, like, subpar. Su- Superman Returns, the, 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 when he stopped the plane. That was cool. But everything else was garbage in that movie. But Stalker bullets bounce off his eye, yeah. <laughs> bullets bounce off his eyeball. Yeah. yeah. Hi, there's, yeah, there's, but- there's a cool shot for your trailer. <laughs> yeah, but that, that wasn't even him. I mean, that was the CGI technicians that kind of did that. I mean, I don't, I don't think Singer did much. I mean, yeah, his superpower in that movie was to throw stuff into space. Guys, I've always said that if you took Brian Singer and you combined him with that douchebag Michael Bay, you'd have one competent director. Because Michael Bay can do the action shit. I don't care what you say. He can't do the character development. I think Singer can do character development when he wants to understand the characters. Usual so you, Suspects you would, is fantastic. You would like to yeah. see a Bay Singer project? I don't know, dude. That might be a clusterfuck <laughs> all in itself. But I'm saying, like, I think it'd be better. I think, like, if you had, if you had, like, Singer do the character development um, and actually try to understand the source material combined with the fact of Michael Bay's action sequences, yes, you'd have an awesome movie, in my opinion. A lot if better, they, a lot better than what we've been seeing. If they did do that, how many people would be attacking them with air conditioners? That, that would be the problem. Yeah, I would be interested if Tom Cruise started it. <laughs> what? <laughs> I just love Top Gun. All right, all right. <laughs> yeah, if, 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 okay, well then you have to have Val Kilmer in it too. Current state Val Kilmer. Oh God, he'd be the perfect bad guy. Val, Val Kilmer Val Kilmer is like two cheeseburgers away from doing a Jenny Craig commercial. That's all I'm saying. But wouldn't it be great to see I think him? he's too past it. Man. Well, we were talking about CG. What I'm excited to see next year is uh, Big Hero 6. Are you guys familiar with any of that? No. It came out from Marvel uh, Comics probably in 1998 originally. And then in 2008, there was a miniseries. And it is a Tokyo-based superhero team. The Walt Disney Animation Studios are going to be putting out their first Marvel property next November. Big Hero 6. Check it out. Okay. Cool. Um, now, Fantastic Four comes out, too. What comic books would you guys recommend for this new Fantastic Four movie? I'm thinking they're going to be pulling from the Ultimate Universe. Yeah, I was just about to, to say the Ultimate <laughs> Run. 
Yeah, because, I mean, you're already talking about, number one, you're talking about, it looks like they're casting Miles Teller, possibly, as Reed Richards. Miles Teller is 26 years old. And uh, Michael B. Jordan. Uh, I think him and him and Michael B. Jordan are actually starring in another movie right now with Zac Efron, which actually looks pretty funny. Um, I can't remember the name of the movie off the top of oh, my head. Oh, is that the, the frat house one? I don't know if it's – man, I, dude, I don't remember that. I want to see it because it's got Michael B. Jordan and Miles, and, uh, Miles Teller in it. cannot remember the name of it right now. Uh, if somebody's got IMDb, pull it up. Maybe you can give me the uh, – because it's coming out soon. Um, but that's where I think Fantastic Four, the movie, is going to go. I think it's going to go towards like the ultimate comics route. So we'll see. Um, and then as for the next Man of Steel sequel – uh, Man of Steel 2, you might want to read Kingdom Come by Mark Wade. Uh, it sounds like it's going to have elements from that storyline that tie into the next film, and we're going to talk about that later. We, we've got tons of Batman, Superman news to talk about later. The Dark Knight Returns by Frank Miller, too. Well, is that really going to tie into this next one, you think? Well, it seems to be that they're... The older, grizzled... Yeah. yeah. But from the things that one of the Warner Brothers producers tweeted last week, it really sounds like a lot of this stuff is going to come from the Elseworld Story Kingdom Come by Mark Wade, And I'm going to get into that later. I think they are going to take... Dave, I think you're right. I think they're going to take parts of both stories and incorporate them. So, we'll see. Um, back to that movie you were asking about, the Zac Efron, Michael B. Jordan, yeah. uh, Miles Teller. It's called the Awkward, that awkward moment. Yeah, that's, yeah, that's it. That awkward moment. I, I can't. I'm gonna see that. I mean, Miles Teller. This last year, I watched the Spectacular Now with him and Shailene Woodley, who actually I don't think is actually going to come back as Mary Jane. Um, in the uh, Spider-Man movie, she was supposed to be Mary Jane, cast in this next movie as Mary Jane. And uh, they cut all of her scenes out of the movie, and so I don't think she's coming back. But man, alive. That Miles Teller, dude, I'm not kidding you. That kid can act. And he reminded me of a young Bill Murray in a lot of ways. So I thought like if they ever did kind of like a Ghostbusters reboot and they wanted a Vankman, or he'd be perfect. But uh, I I was really impressed by Miles Teller. Yeah, the Kings of Summer and the World's End were probably the two best comedies I I enjoyed this summer. Kings of Summer with Nick Robinson? Yeah, yeah that was fantastic. I really enjoyed that movie. Um, yeah, not a lot of people gave a lot of like merit to Nick Robinson as an actor. I mean, he was just doing Melissa and Joey. Kid is blowing fuck up right now, dude. Got a role in uh, Jurassic Park 4. Wow. Which, did you guys hear in Jurassic Park 4, who might get the lead role? Like, Josh Brolin dropped out. So his name was oh, in the... Oh, dropped out completely? Yeah, Josh Brolin's oh, out. Okay. But his role might go to Chris, uh, Star-Lord, Chris Pratt. Chris Pratt, yep. Yeah, I yep. just read that today, yep. Yeah. So, I mean, you know, I don't know how... Like, I guess, you know, I guess that maybe kind of, like... Depends upon how Galaxy of the Guardi- uh, Guardians of the Galaxy really does. If it does that well, um, maybe that'll open them up to do Jurassic Park 4. I mean, I know they're done with filming. Jurassic Park 4 is probably going to start. They're probably in pre-production now. Um, yeah. And, yeah, if the cat get, tries to get on your computer, Dave, just you know, get her away. It's nice and warm. She's yeah. welcome to sit on my computer. Um. Let's see here, yeah. Speaking of Chris Pratt, did you did you hear that he didn't even read the uh, he didn't even read the script to Guardians before he accepted the role? Really? 
Yeah, there was an article I read earlier this week that said that he he just accepted it based on it being a Marvel property. You know, have you guys noticed that? Thing? Okay, number one, that's smart because Marvel Marvel Studios is blowing up right now. Number yeah, two, set you, you're set for life, right? Yeah, there. you're I mean, set for why, life. Why? <laughs> but Marvel Studios has the reputation of being a very tough studio to work for. Um, like these guys, when they get these deals, they're very happy at first. I'm sure Chris Evans was just like very happy that he got like what was it like a four to six deal picture, uh, four to six picture deal. He was very happy, but now the fact is. Robert Downey Jr. is making like I don't know how much more than these guys. And these guys are legitimate now. I mean, um, but they're stuck into these contracts. Um, and that's a great thing. So I know Chris Pratt is probably happy right now, but how happy is – I don't know how many movies he signed for, but how happy is he going to be with the franchise in the next few years? Guys, I don't know if you know this, but Marvel Studios is a bear to work for. That's one of the reasons John Favreau didn't come back for Iron Man 3. Um, Iron Man 2, they basically wanted him to do make so many changes to that script so that it tied into the Avengers film that it wasn't the film that he wanted in the first place. Because yeah, and, it, and it hurt the movie too. It did hurt the movie in yeah, a lot of ways. You're absolutely Absolutely right. Now, uh, the studio is looking that for Pratt, like um, back to Jurassic World. Uh, they're looking for him to fill that role uh, in that movie that Josh Bolin had. Um, but uh, I don't know. Do you guys, what do you guys think about him in uh, in a Jurassic movie? And we're totally off subject now. I don't even care. I want to. I want to see him on screen with Jeff Goldblum. That's all I ask. We're not getting Jeff Goldblum. No, I, I'm holding out hope. We're not getting Jeff Goldblum. <laughs> well, not, I, I think he'd be. I think he would do well. I think he could bring a lot of that. He's got. He's got great comedic timing, but he's also got you know good sense, and I think he he can he can do a, a good mix with that. And I think that's why he's going to be a perfect Star Lord. Um, and I think he could probably bring that to Jurassic Park because. I was actually just watching the, the, the first one again uh, this weekend, and there were some some subtle jokes, some things going on in in, in the midst of a lot of the intense uh, the intense action sequences. And I agree with you, Jeff Goldblum. I mean, you know, I wish he would come back, but you know, I don't I don't think that's happening either. But yeah, me too. I, I think yeah, be, you, I, you'd wish he'd come back as the Malcolm from the first movie and not the second one, though. Yeah, but see, the thing is with, okay, okay, let's say they bring back Chaos Theory, dude. I've mentioned it on the show before. How many times can, you know, uh, John McClane be involved in some shit going down on Christmas? How many terrorists? <laughs> okay, Jeff Goldblum, there is no way that dude is going back to Isla Nublar. It doesn't make sense. As a, you know, as a fan of the franchise, do I want him back there for sentimental? Yeah, dude, I want Chaos Theory back on the island. But you know right. what? If they go with the story that they've been talking about, like they've turned this into like a Sea World type park that's open and people are there and they are, you know, watching uh, these dinosaurs perform like they are like, uh, you know, like Shamu in, in a tank. You know what I mean? And like you've got Velociraptors that are, you know, you know doing tricks and stuff like that. Yeah, that's the I, last place you're going to find Jeff Goldblum. Exactly. He, he's not going back. He saw this place no. fall apart. But couldn't you bring him back as like some sort of United Nations type entity is investigating abuse to the animals? He, and he probably still on do a, it remotely. On a telepresence device. <laughs> yeah, dude, yeah, on a telepresence yeah. device. Dude is not stepping foot back on Isla Nublar. It is not happening, dude. But if they're no. especially going there to find reasons to shut it down, wouldn't he be all about it? 
Because he could cut through all their bullshit. But once again, remotely, <laughs> you know, he like, is like, not he that all of the yeah, ball. dude. <laughs> Dave, they'll bring his life model decoy onto yeah. the island. Then, uh, <laughs> okay, you got chased by a T Rex. Okay, you have a tie twice, twice. Are you going back? Are you going back? If it's with the express reason to find reasons to shut it down. Maybe. <laughs> Dude, I don't care if it's open, closed. I'm going to be in my bedroom. Maybe he's become like some sort of adrenaline junkie. He's addicted or, to or chaos. Maybe, maybe he's broken and he needs those extra zeros on the check. I'm just, guys, I would, okay, I, I'm going to just say it. I would love to see Jeff Bloom <laughs> come back. I don't think it's going to happen. I think yeah, if he's, got, if maybe he, he's got some wicked gymnastic skills he learned from his kid. And he's going to try and, you know, take some raptors out on the new island. I just think if he's going to come back to something, it's going to be Independence Day 2. That's all I'm saying. What about the Roadhouse remake? He could be training right now. <sighs> okay, we're going to get the, the Roadhouse remake a little bit later. <laughs> all right, so chill out, Dalton. All right, so... Pain, pain don't hurt. Now, uh, Blaine McLean, he's one of our listeners. Uh, he asked, do you think Ant-Man can be a permanent Marvel player? Uh, Edgar Wright, of course, is doing Ant-Man, which, which is weird. Like, okay, you've got Avengers Age of Ultron coming out in May of 2015, and this was supposed to be coming out maybe four or five months later. They've since pushed it to July. So two months later, in the heart of that crazy 2015 summer, they're going to throw in Ant-Man, uh, by Edgar Wright. Now, I love Ant-Man. I love Hank Pym. But does the general public know anything about this? Well, I think that he can be a permanent player. Uh, THR reported uh, today or yesterday that Paul Rudd is the leading candidate to be Ant-Man. Um, regardless of what you think about Paul Rudd, I think Hank Pym could be a comical character, and I think he's kind of a guy that could go toe-to-toe with Robert Downey Jr., you know, back yeah. and forth. I think the banner between those two, if they did meet in, let's say, Avengers 3, would be hilarious. I'd still like well, to Well, they're going to need somebody else to kind of step up and be a main character because, you know, Downey's – is there even a confirmed Iron Man 4? Or? No, there's no confirmed Iron Man 4 at this yeah. point. Um, and, and what they've done for Iron Man, uh, for Avengers 2 and Avengers 3, is they've signed him to a big contract. Now, the thing is with that, he is – the last thing he complained about was being injured on the set of Iron Man 3. So he was injured. He, I think he had just an ankle injury. But he's 55 now, and he's getting oh. older, and he's, these stunts are becoming more and more strenuous on his body. I mean – and we're even looking at Hugh Jackman saying the same thing about trying to stay in Wolverine shape. It's hard. Um, you know, And I'm sure staying in Wolverine shape takes its toll on Hugh Jackman's body. Um, now, the thing is with uh, Robert Downey Jr. is what he can get away with is he is Iron Man. So a lot of the shots that you guys noticed in the Avengers movie was just him in the helmet. It was just him in the helmet. All they did was show his face and like Jarvis, the computer, doing its thing. So it yeah. wasn't like he had to do a ton of action out of the suit. There was some. There was m in Avengers. Now, there was a lot more action out of the suit in Iron Man 3, and I think that's what kind of hurt him. Mm -hmm. uh, but I think in Avengers 2 and in Avengers 3, he doesn't really have to be out of the suit that much. They can just show pictures of him in the suit talking and interacting with people. 
and you know, we don't even know how he's going to be used yet in those movies. I mean, with Ultron, I mean, we, you know, and you know, with him in, at the end of Iron Man three, I mean, he is Iron Man, but he's still dealing with PTSD and he doesn't have any armors as of yet. I mean, he could be even used as you know maybe that consultant role in two, and then have to suit up again for three. I mean, we don't even know that yet. Yeah. I think he overcame the PTSD yeah. a little bit in that last movie. Um, you know, uh, like in the second movie, he overcame the, uh, man, what was he? In the second movie, he had that whole thing with the, uh, the arc reactor and, and, uh, uh the shrapnel. Him, the man, shrapnel. Yeah. yeah. He overcame that. And this last one, I think he overcame the PTSD. I think uh, he just signed a big contract to just play cameo roles in these next two and three movies. I, I don't see him coming back uh, in an Iron Man 4. Do you think uh, Hank Pym will be played the darker Hank Pym or the new Avengers AI visionary I want to make up for my past mistakes, Hank Pym? Okay, this is what I think. I think we're going to have Paul Rudd playing the fun, lovable Hank Pym, you know, just a fun guy, fun character, okay? What I think is going to happen is there's going to be another character that steals his technology and starts to use it for evil. And I don't know who that actor is going to be, but I think he's going to be played, he's going to be playing the character of Scott Lang. And I've heard that that is actually Joseph Gordon-Levitt's character. No, not attached to anything. I do not attach, but I guess they, I heard that he did a few interviews. Yeah. Um, yeah. And he threw it out there to some studios and it, it looks yeah. like they're trying to put both of them, both Ant-Mans in the same right. movie. He was in France and he was doing some, uh, press junkets for some media press, uh, press members. He was telling that, yes, um, I, I did, uh, I think we lost Steve. Hold on. Steve, you there? I think we lost Steve, guys. Hold up. Who else is there? I'm, I'm still here. <laughs> Welcome to Pop Culture Leftovers. <laughs> Hold on. Let's see here. Will and I will fill you in on some uh, smoking turkey recipes. A timely no. thing for this time of year. Oh, man. I can't wait. I, I'm actually... Of all the things that happen. Hello? Hello. Steve? I'm here. Is Alil there? Yeah, Alil's here. I, I think so. Well, Alil, Who's... are you here? <laughs> what happened? Was it my end? <laughs> Dude, dropped you off? dropped off for some reason. Steve, you <laughs> son of a bitch. Hello? I'm, I'm still here. All right. Steve? <laughs> Steve's gone. Okay, dude. Okay, hold up, hold up. Um, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna like hang up, and I'm gonna call you both back. All right. Gosh. Hey, Steve. Yeah, I'm here. I'm here okay. now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're here, but I can't get you connected with a Lil. So what I'm gonna do is I'm gonna hang up with both of you and add you to a call and call you both. Okay. Okay. All right. Where's the recording? I don't give a shit. <laughs> oh, it's asking me how would you rate this quality of this call? <laughs> I'll give it a bad. All right. Not so great. All right, let's see here. Add participants. 
Um, <laughs> let's see here. Dude, where are they? I don't even see them now. God, this is stupid. Hey, at least your dog's not barking at me. Gosh darn it. Cancel. Okay, call. Here we go. It's calling it's calling them again, so hopefully they'll pick up here. Okay. Steve? Okay, I think yeah, I'm here now. A little? <laughs> His thing says it's loading. God, this is ridiculous. <laughs> I don't know what happened, man. I've had, I'm, I don't I'm know. back on. You're back. I, All right, we're back. All right, cool, 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 cool. Oh boy. All right. I was, just, I was just getting ready to give you my pulled pork recipe. <laughs> Very nice. Well, we'll we'll have to talk about this more after recording. <laughs> Let's see here. So, okay, we're talking about Ant Man. <sighs> so, like, it's some of the press junkets, like. He was saying that no, I am not. I'm not. Ta- I'm not Ant Man. I've not had any discussions with Marvel. But then, with some of the outlets of the press, he was telling me like, "Yeah, I've been. Yeah, there have been discussions, but like nothing's like you know, nothing's uh, been finalized or anything like that." So, I don't know. I mean, I don't. I don't know. I don't know if they're going to get <clears throat> Joseph Gordon-Levitt. I mean, he might be out of their price range. Marvel, we've seen them try to get these, like, up-and-coming actors that really don't, you know, require, like, huge salaries. I don't know if they're willing to, like, you know, bet the farm on Joseph Gordon-Levitt at this point. Yeah, but I, I think I think him, I think he's that kind of actor that doesn't need that big payday. And I think he would go into a movie like this. I mean, he's done a lot of movies in the in the past, even more recent, where... You know, it was it was a smaller budget movie. Um, I can't remember the movie he was where he was the uh, was the you know, the messenger. Um, you know, he didn't get a lot of uh, didn't get a big payday, and it might lead into something oh, else. Premium Rush, uh, Premium Rush. Oh right? yeah, Premium Rush. Yeah, it was he was the uh, bicyclist, right? He was like uh, the bike bike, the messenger. bike messenger, right? Yeah. yeah, I should have sent him a message not to do that piece of shit. <laughs> well, Joseph Gordon-Levitt seems like a guy who takes his craft a little seriously, and the we just got done talking about premium rush. Right, but but if you watch the, <laughs> if you watch the movie, it's way more it takes itself way more seriously than a bike messenger movie. You think like it's the new version of Rad or BMX the movie, but it takes itself incredibly seriously. And a guy like that might be nervous about being typecast in for the roles. <sighs> I don't know. It's like, well, maybe typecast as Ant-Man. There were some talks of him being Doctor Strange. I'm not feeling that. He seems too young. He seems too there, young. There's actually also yeah. talks uh, that he's in early talks to do uh, the Sandman ad- uh, adaptation as well. Yeah, so, that's I mean, true. He's all over the place. That's I mean. true. Yeah, you know what? I think he's just one of these actors until he gets cast in one of these things. They're going to keep, keep throwing his name into everything. Just like Tom Hardy. Tom Hardy's one of those guys, like, they're throwing his name out there for everything. And and Benedict Cumberbatch. We'll talk about that later. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, now, Nestor Gibbs, he sent – I hope that answered your question. I think Ant-Man can be a permanent player. I guess it does, like, come down to casting, though. So thanks for the question, Blaine. Um, Nestor Gibbs, he sent me an email. He says, just heard your uh, your podcast, 28.1, good stuff. Also glad you guys like Dark World. Now playing now playing podcasts didn't, and it bummed me out. But you guys seem to know more about the comic world than them, so keep up the good work. 
And I just want to fa- say to Nestor, thanks for listening. It's always cool to get emails from listeners, and it's cool to learn more about them. Now, I learned that Nestor does a boxing podcast, and you can listen to it on iTunes. It's called The Boxing Voice, and it's spelled T-H-A. T-H-A Boxing Voice. If you're a boxing fan, give it a listen. I, I, I listen to it. His excitement is contagious, and him and his co-hosts are very knowledgeable. Uh, so I just want to thank Nestor for listening and being a fan of the show. I, I really appreciate the email, so thanks a lot. We put a lot of hard work into that Thor, The Dark World podcast, so thank you so much. Uh, I also wanted to talk a little bit about a touching story that I wanted to address. Um, and I, me and Steve were actually talking about this like earlier in the week um, uh, through text message. The, the Make-A-Wish Foundation uh, and 12,000 volunteers made the day for five-year-old Miles who's battling leukemia. And for one day, they turned San Francisco into Gotham for Miles who was Bat-Kid so that he could defend the city for the afternoon. In one afternoon, he took down the Riddler and the Penguin. And that's I guys. That's not bad for for being just five years old. That's pretty awesome. Um, and uh, Bat Kid's uh, Bat Kid's sidekick for the day was actually Batman, who drove him around the city in a Lamborghini Bat car. Um, they stopped at a burger bar uh, before Bat Kid received the key to the city from the mayor himself. So I think that's just an amazing story. Well, yeah, and, and you know the the city even had had an issue because so many more people showed up than they thought were going to. I mean, they expected a handful of people, you know, maybe 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 a hundred or so. But, I mean, thousands of people showed up. Yeah. To to turn this thing into Gotham City, and and I mean, I mean, it even actually made, made quite a bit of a uh, price, you know, for the city to do all that and to yeah, accommodate dude. all those people. But I mean, nobody's, you know. Nobody's rattling any chains, looking for any payment on anything. Everybody's just really uh, thankful that it even happened, and it was just really cool. Really cool. Wasn't like the final price for the city like one hundred and twenty thousand dollars? It's uh, it's I think it's a hundred and five thousand dollars. Yeah, it was up so, there, man. That was up there, yeah. all for this kid, and I think that's awesome. So you know, that's awesome. When the Make a Wish Foundation does something like this, you know, something like back in the day, like people probably would have thought, you know, like thirty, forty years ago, that Batman's silly. But for people to take this so seriously for this kid and do this for him, that for a whole afternoon, this kid's only wish was to fight. You know, not only is he fighting leukemia, but he, he also got to fight the Riddler and the Penguin. And I think hopefully this kid can beat not only the Riddler and the Penguin, but hopefully leukemia. You know, I just feel really bad for some of these kids. And, and you know, I'm, I, I'm sure it's terminal, unfortunately. But, you know, it'll be something that this kid at the tender age of five will remember, you know, for the rest of his days on the earth. So I think it's fantastic. It really touched my heart. And, um, you know, I think I think there needs, needs to be more feel-good stories like this in the media instead of all this bullshit that we read day in, day out. Oh, yeah. And, and you know what? The... You know, kudos to the newspaper too. Um, all the newspapers here locally in the San Francisco area is, is they. It was front page everywhere. You know, there was no negative anything next to it. It was just all about you know that kid saves the day, and it was really cool. It was one of those faith in humanity restored moments. Yeah, you know, those oh so rare moments. Did you guys yeah, see I- the video by President Obama of him congratulating that kid? They showed it to him at the end of it. No, I did not see that. Yeah, it was he. He took time out to get involved in the whole thing and congratulated the kid personally. Very cool. Sent him a video. Yeah, message. that's awesome. Well, President, yeah, go, go also, ahead. Also, uh, on that, um, 
this morning, I, he was the back kid was actually on Good Morning America this morning. They actually flew him out to New York, um, and he uh, they had a little uh, setup for him. Uh, the the I guess you can call him an artist. Pitbull was being kidnapped by the Joker, and he went and saved Pitbull from the Joker. It was really cool. It was like a ten minute segment this morning on Good Morning America. Uh, yeah. They had this big thing about it, and uh, you know the mayor of New York got involved, and he you know sent him a message also thanking him from. You know, as he said, "quote unquote," the real Gotham City. Um, and it was, yeah. I mean, it's, it's a great story. Oh, you gotta be kidding with this. Yeah, it's it, it's an amazing story, and you know, th- I think more of the media needs to cover stuff like this, and I think more people need to do stuff like this. There's always so much bad crap that we read out there that this is refreshing, and I really enjoyed this story. Um, and and every day I'm reading something new about it, and I think it's great. Um, so let's move into our good pop, bad pop, um, review section, uh, in good pop, bad pop. What we're going to do is talk about things that we either watched or read that week that we liked and, and, and some of the things that we didn't like. So we'll go into good pop, bad pop. It's time for more leftover reviews with good pop, bad pop. All right. I don't know. Did anybody want to go first? I don't give a shit. I'll be glad to go first. Well, everybody, um, good pop this week. Couple things that I really, really liked. One, there were animal variant covers announced for the new Marvel Now. You can check it out on uh, Marvel.com. All of the new number ones with the new Marvel Now in the new year will have variant covers that are done in a very Scotty Young kind of style that look adorable. All like the adjectiveless X-Men team all as cats is especially beautiful. Check it out online. I'm not saying you got to spend the money for, you know, expensive variant covers, but check them out online. They're adorable. As an animal lover myself, I must say I'm all for Marvel and companies doing stuff like this. The other thing that was, without a doubt, the coolest thing I saw all week was the Doctor Who 50th anniversary episode Holy moly. If you guys didn't see this and you're a Doctor Who fan, I apologize. Uh, I'm not going to spoil anything for you because uh, it's very important that you watch this and not go into it blind. If you've caught up to date on the series, then watch it because there are paradigm-changing events in this series. And to call it fan service is not even descriptive. Um, my fiance Mariah, she was watching it with me, and she's not familiar with Doctor Who. She had no clue what was going on. There was so much fan service; it was like a fan hand job, and not like a good hand job, like an aggressive under the pants catches style rough hand job. Of so much fan service that it attained a whole new level. But obviously, the highlight of my week—I can't say enough about it. Bad pop. I would say the 50 greatest lists from Marvel that came out, the 50 greatest X-Men, the 50 greatest Avengers, definitively chosen by the editorial staff of both books. Now, number one, on the X-Men list, they copped out big time and didn't make Wolverine number one. Wolverine is in every single X-Men comic in some form or another. And then they try to make Cyclops and Wolverine tied for like number five total cop out not realistic at all and my bigger beef was on the Avengers top 50 Luke Cage is number 12 not even in the top 10 Luke Cage number 12 
Number 11, the guy who beats him, Jarvis. Edwin Jarvis is number 11, above Luke Cage. What the fuck? Yeah, like, you know how they say that, like, comics is still an industry run by old white guys? Right. What other explanation do you have for Jarvis being higher on the top 50 Avengers than Luke fucking Cage? That's crazy, dude. As far as my my other bad pop goes, Hunger Games. Catching Fire. Gentlemen, like, that movie was... Did you watch The Purge earlier this year? Yeah, we had a a Purge. We had a Purge podcast. Phenomenal concept. Poor execution. Poor execution. Okay. Have you you guys seen the movie? Hunger Games, Catching Fire? Yes. Okay, okay, let's... hey, Hey, Alil, I know you saw it, right? Yeah, I saw it. All right, hey, if this is your first time listening to the show, we do have a rating system... Uh, I'm going to go ahead and drop that. We're going to rate it right now, talk a little bit about Hunger Games Catching Fire. The rating system is simple. If the leftovers don't like something, they toss it. If they do like something, they suggest you taste it. And if it's brilliant, it gets a Tupperware rating. If all the leftovers love it, then it gets the pinnacle of success, a Tupperware party. A Tupperware party. Um. So what we're going to do now is... Re- since me, Alil, and, and uh, Dave have seen this movie, we can talk a little bit about it and give our rating. We're not going to get. We're going to. Since this is like a new kind of like cast this week, we're not going to have like a whole Hunger Games show, but we can talk a little bit about it since all three of us have seen it. Not. We're not going to go into like spoilers, are we? No, I'm not. I'm not going to ruin anything. Um, there, there were specific scenes that had moments, little bitty moments. Of what the show could have, but most of the movie is spent with the action happening, you could say, off-panel. There are several times where you are just experiencing or hearing about what is going on, but you're not seeing it. You're just seeing our main characters sitting in the woods, hearing the cannon go off, oh, people are dying, over and over and over. When they get to the actual Hunger Games... They're, they're, they're running away from monkeys, they're trying to run away from poison gas, but they're not, they're not really trying to kill each other like you think is going to happen. Now, now that does inform some of the narrative. But there were several inconsistencies in the plotting of the movie. I, I love the concept of telling the kids, all right, fight the power, kids. When someone is being oppressive, you need to resist. I'm all for that. I love what they're going for there. But where I imagine they spend a lot of time building that narrative and those reasons for it in the books, not, I have not read them. I, I, I do not have any vested interest in, the, in this material. Everybody I've talked to who loved the book said, how in the world could you not like this movie? And I said, because it didn't earn its moments. It just beat you over the head one, one scene after another. Oh, look at this horrible oppression. Whereas the one scene with the uh, older black man in Rue's district, best scene in the movie in my book. It, it's I'm not going to go into detail with what happened, but it was without a doubt my best scene, best scene in the movie, and it was probably in like the first 15, 20 minutes. Blew its wad. There were over and over again times where, just like The Purge, you never really felt like your characters were in any danger. Something was always going to rush in and save them. Oh, Pete is going to die. Oh, Katniss is going to die. Wait, last minute, here comes somebody in to save him. Every single time in the movie. 
toss it. I'm I'm excited to see the next movie because that's all this movie was was set up for the third film. But toss it. Didn't like it. A little. <laughs> um. I, I understand a little bit of what you're saying there. I, I do think that some of the pacing was was slower in this. Um, you know, how it started out, the one thing I kind of chuckled at was, uh, you know, some of the scenes. I don't want to give things away, but, I mean, it's a basic trope now, it seems like, in movies with the PTSD of our, of our hero. Um, but, you know, I, I think that, I think this movie did earn it you know, did earn the right to tell this story because it's basically a continuation exactly from almost where the last one left off. Um, I look at, I look at this movie and I did not read the books. Um, not at all, but I look at this movie similar to the Lord of the Rings, the two towers. Um, it's, it's an exact continuation. It's imagine it being a, you know, four and a half hour movie. That's kind of what, I think this whole thing is being brought into. It's not one year later or whatever, kind of like, you know, with the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Uh, yeah, I, th- I think the action was good. I think the story was good. I think the casting was great. I had a vested interest in in the characters. Um, I thought they did good to develop relationships, to tell how things have happened, how things have continued from where, you know, we left off with them the last time, even though it was only a short amount of time from the time that the uh, the original Hunger Games ended to where Catching Fire, Fire began. Um, I, I'm giving this a Tupperware. I, I'm going to see it again. Uh, it's gonna, I'm going to buy it on Blu-ray. I'm sure when it comes out, and I, I have, I had, I didn't have those same feelings for it. I thought that the action was great. I, you know, there were some emotional scenes. I'm, you know, I don't want to give anything away, but I, I have to say that this was um, one of the better movies of this year. Okay, um, yeah, I'm going to talk about this as well. Uh, I went into the movie theater and uh, see, like, I don't read any of the reviews from, like, other outlets and stuff like that. The only thing that I did here is, like, I talked to my girlfriend. She went and saw it, and she's like, I hated it. I didn't like it at all. My girlfriend loved the first movie. And uh, she's like, I hated it. I hated it. I was like, okay, I'm going to give it a chance. So I went in, and I saw it yesterday. And uh, <clears throat> let me see here. How do I, how do I say this? Okay, number one. Um, dude. Okay, first off, I'm gonna get. I'm just gonna say, it. I give it a Tupperware. I really enjoyed it. I had a lot of fun. I had a lot of fun watching it. Um, it is though a just kind of like a larger scale, like Ferris Bueller. Like I feel like, um, she's Ferris and she's driving Mr. Rooney crazy, which is Donald Sutherland. Does anybody get that? Does that make sense at all? Like, you know, like everybody loves her. It's like, you know, say Ferris is on like the towers and stuff and like everybody loves her and like wants to support her. And like, you know, he's like yelling at like, uh, what's his name? Grace. And, and then Grace is like, what's his name? The dude, the game master. And I don't know. It's just like a larger scale Ferris Bueller for me. If Stanley Tucci's character would have made her sing Twist and Shout. I would have at least brought it up to a taste it. Honestly, I think Stanley Tucci's character is like what Ryan Seacrest is going to be in like 200 years. But anyway, like 
honestly, like I, I loved it. I thought it was fun. I, I don't know. I don't know why everybody didn't like the movie. I, it did 161 million. Um, I uh, think this uh, is. Can the, I give you a for instance? I think it. Hold on, hold on. I, I think it's the Empire Strikes <laughs> Back of the film. It, it went a little darker even than the first one. Of course, she's got post traumatic stress disorder in this one, though. Everybody's like, oh, everybody's got post traumatic stress disorder in these movies these days. Well, yeah, she's fucking killing kids. No, and I, and I completely agree with that. I understand. I'm just <clears> saying it just seems funny that you know we've had Wolverine, Iron Man, all of them. You know, the movie almost starts with them at some point waking up with some kind of, you know, issue or some kind of dream. And, and that's all I was getting at. I, I agree. I mean, yeah. Yeah, I, mean, I don't. Well, I, the last person I want to follow is somebody that wakes up and is like, shit, yeah, I just got to kill a bunch of people today. I'm happy about it. No, I mean, it's like if these people are kind of fucked up over killing people, that's what kind of like draws you more to them. I mean, look at Rick in The uh, Walking Dead. Look at what he's had to do. Dude's gone crazy as well because of the people that he's had to kill. I mean, I think I don't know. I just I, I didn't really care. The love triangle wasn't as big of a deal in this film as I thought it was going to be. That's what I was worried about. I was worried about the love triangle between her, Peta, and that dude. That, that's the last Gale. thing I wanted. Gale. Yeah, that's Gale. the last thing I wanted. I didn't think it was that big of a deal. Another thing that I thought was cool was uh, what's his name? I can't remember the guy with the trident that was Finnick. fighting along. Finnick. Yeah, yeah, dude. Did anybody else think to themselves, hey, we found ourselves our next Aquaman? Hmm. Did anybody else think that when watching it? Like, okay, we got a Justice League. Dude, this guy's swinging around the trident like he's fucking the Atlantean god. I'm like, okay, I think we found our next Aquaman here. But anyway, I en- I enjoyed it. I thought the, the – you know what I mean? I thought the Game Master – what he brought in, the new game was cool. Philip you, Seymour Hoffman? Yeah, the new Game Master was cool. I mean, with the clock and everything. Dude, I thought that was cool. The poison gases, the baboons. I thought all those scenes were cool. I did feel like some of these characters maybe were not in danger, but I felt like this was a, it, this was leading to an uprising. Like the first movie, everybody was just trying to fight themselves out of the Hunger Game and survive. In this one, it was about, hey, you know what? We've got a symbol now. We've got a symbol. We and, and, and if she died in the Hunger Games, she'd be a martyr. But I think everybody Everybody was looking at her as a symbol in this one, and I think that she is the symbol to these people. And I, that's what I thought this whole movie was uh, was going towards. Is like this chick is she she's she's our symbol. She's our symbol of hope. And I thought that's what the whole movie was about hope. And I think no, that's I, what we're going I into. I agree with that. I mean, that, that's why. I mean, that's why when you know the the scene with the dress and everything. I mean, it, it was it was clear cut that she was the symbol. I mean, when they went on their tour, everybody everybody putting up the three fingers in the very beginning. I mean, that's that's what the whole thing was about. I connected. I, I connected with that emotionally. I, I felt for her, dude. I felt for her and her sister. How strong her sister was. Uh, Prima was it? Prima, yeah. Her sister. How strong her sister was ever since she's been gone. And I, I and I think I think everybody is willing to lay down their life for her because they believe that she is she is this symbol now, and, and that's what I got from this. And uh, I don't know. I in in the in the Twilight movies, I don't get it. I don't get why these guys are so obsessed with this chick, why they love her so much. But I can understand why everybody in this movie is drawn to Jennifer Lawrence's character. I can. I just, I get it. Okay, there were technical things that took me out of the movie, 
by the time I went to the Hunger Games, I was already so confused by certain things. Like, number one, the new overlord of District 12 doesn't recognize a single one of these incredible VIPs, especially the symbol of hope of the new revolution. He doesn't recognize her? Seems perplexing to me. Uh, They establish over and over again that at every one of these rallies, anybody who does the three-fingered symbol of the revolution, well, okay, spoilers, anybody who does the three-fingered symbol of the revolution uh, gets taken out, either shot right on the spot or taken off and flogged. Then when she's being taken off for the Hunger Games, her mom and her sister... We lost somebody again. Well, her, can I continue? Steve, are you there? Hello? All right, guys, hold on a second here. I'm going to call him back. <coughs> <coughs> Ah, oh, the joys of podcasting. That's <laughs> my cat. Hello? She's like, Dad, I'll fix the problem. I'll headbutt it. Hello? I'm here. I don't have no idea what happened. Steve? Steve's calling now. <laughs> this is a clusterfuck. Alright, hold up. Hello, Steve? Yeah, I'm here. I, I don't know. <laughs> Alil, are you there? Okay, guys, I'm going to hang up on both of you and then try to call you back. <sighs> okay, sorry, man. Don't sweat it. I don't, I don't know what's going on. Hey. Hey. Is it, is it just me dropping off? or I, I don't know what happens. A little? Because, like, I'm listening, and then it's just, like, fades to black, and then that's it. Dude, I have no idea. Uh, I'm back. You're back? I have is no everybody... idea why this thing... Yeah. Yeah. And I, it's, my connection speed says it's fast. I, I unplugged my webcam, so I shouldn't, have, I shouldn't be doing anything else, so... Right on. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> let's let's do a podcast on Skype troubleshooting instead. Holy shit. Alright, well you guys can continue your conversation. I was enjoying listening to to uh everything about the Hunger Games catching. Yeah, don't lie. Don't, don't lie. <laughs> God. Uh, <laughs> Gosh. Well, hey, great. hey, it listen, listen. Am I blonde and do I have big tits? Then don't bullshit me, okay? <laughs> So Dave, okay, you toss, you toss, you toss it. Well, uh, I'm I'm saying that I wanted, I I wanted to like the movie, right? But then after they've established all this, you know, anytime anybody does that three finger salute from the first movie that Rue did, uh-huh. the symbol of the revolution, they're gonna get killed, they're gonna get flogged, whatever. Right. And then right before she leaves for the Hunger Games, her mom and her sister do it, and I'm like. Oh no, they're going to kill them and then everybody does it and there's no reprisal whatsoever. 
Well, I mean, I guess they could just kill everybody. I mean, would that have made you happy? Would it made you happy? Would it put you? <laughs> it no, 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 it no. It would no. have made more sense. Okay. And it would have totally fucked her up, just like they tried to do with uh, Lenny Kravitz's character, trying to fuck her up before she starts the games. That would have made more sense. I, I guess. Everybody I, else gets wasted who does this symbol, except all these I, people I, who don't. I think for the story going forward, it kind of shows like there's little battles, and I think like you know them killing. Spoiler alert: killing the one black gentleman earlier was just one guy that did it. And as it progressed, as the movement went forward, more and more people got involved and started doing it. So it was a victory for Katniss. And I think well, it, and they and they say at the end when he when she's talking to Gail that. You know, they moved everybody in that there's no more district. Oh, I don't want to give it away. All right. I, I can't give it away. Right, right. But, I mean, you know, they, they I think they kind of explain that at the end. I mean, if you, you know, in that conversation that she's got with Gail. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, I get you, man. Absolutely. I don't know. I, I give it a Tupperware. I had, I had a lot of fun with I had Honestly, I had a lot of fun until, like, the last 15 minutes kind of left me. Like, I wish they would have left us. With a better cliffhanger to where I would have been like, man, I can't wait to the third movie. But all in all, I had a great time watching the movie. It was a lot of fun. Uh, you know, I mean, I have to admit, like, you know, we had a great movie a couple weeks ago, in my opinion, in Thor. And, you know, two weeks later, we get to watch the next Hunger Games movie. I had a great time watching that as well. So, um, I don't know. And then, of course, watching that Finnick dude, I'm, I'm still thinking Aquaman, man. I was thinking it's somebody funny else, but we'll get to that. Okay. It's funny that you say Aquaman, too, because the uh, the Aquaman from Smallville was in the movie. Oh, yeah? Yeah, he was uh, He was one of the... I think he was... Was he the brother-sister combo? From um, the Capitol. The, the Capitol uh, was the group one. He was the guy... Uh, it was, Alan Richardson, he's also now in Blue Mountain State, but he's just he me. Was Aquaman do, I think, do, I, do I think Steve left us again? Oh, no, 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 I'm here. Holy I'm shit. Here. <laughs> Everything's working. <laughs> All right. Hey, I just have nothing to add, man. I'm sorry. <laughs> right on. Don't sweat it. Um, so I just thought it was funny that you brought up Aquaman, and there was a guy who played Aquaman in the, in the movie. Cool. Now, um, okay, did you have any other good pop, get bad pop for us this week? That is, that is all for me. Oh, that's all for you? Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. And everybody out there listening, yes, this is my voice. You know, they say that some people have the face for radio. Well, I have the voice for blogging. <laughs> Stole my line. <laughs> Mr. Original. Well, I, I didn't know if you were going to say it. <laughs> All right. Um, I guess I'll go next. Um, now, let's see here. Uh, I wanted to talk a little bit about the David Blaine special that happened on – was it last Tuesday? Yeah, my favorite – the David Blaine, he's a street magician, and uh, he had probably the coolest trick ever, and it involved Harrison Ford. Did you guys see this? Yeah, yeah. I, I saw it. I, the- I thought it was – crazy but yeah, yeah go ahead yeah dude okay i've been i've been a fan of david blaine since 99 when i saw his first special and and i've watched him do everything since uh dude's kind of weird but man he's amazing uh david blaine had this trick with the the orange trick with um uh harrison ford and he asked harrison ford to think of a card in the deck and harrison ford thought of a card 
and he said, okay, the only card that's not in the in that deck is the card that you thought of. And he's like, okay. He's like, uh, do you pick up? I want you to pick one of your pieces of fruit over there. He had, like Harrison Ford had this fruit bowl, and so like Harrison Ford just went went over and like picked up this orange, and so from there, Harrison Ford cut the orange in half, and he said, inside the orange there should be a card. Pull out that card. He pulled out that card, and boom! I think it was like the nine of spades. It was the exact same card that Harrison Ford was thinking thinking of. Harrison Ford just looks at him. And he's like, get the fuck out of my house. It was like the <laughs> best reaction ever. Oh my God. I like, it was so hilarious. Like me and my girlfriend are watching this and just dying. But that was like, that was some good pop. I really enjoyed that. Um, the David Blaine, you guys watched that David Blaine special? Yes. A little- yeah, I, I did. Um, yeah. I, I thought it was, I thought it was crazy. I mean, I'm not, I was. I'm not a. I'm not a. You know, a huge fan of his. I've seen things he's done, but uh, I mean, yeah. When when he did that to Harrison Ford, I was just. I I was floored. I couldn't believe that. Yeah. And then the uh, the ending scene with uh, uh, Ricky Gervais um, in the in the restaurant booth. Right. He was. He was. He was uh, I don't know if anybody you know who else out there saw, it, but he was sticking a needle through his arm. Yeah. All the way through and was poking through. And I think Ricky Gervais was going crazy. He just couldn't believe what was happening. You know, he thought it was a fake at first and then he just, he was just dumbfounded. He had, he was speechless and it was, it was great. It, it was, was cool. His reaction was hilarious. The only thing though, I think David Blaine could have done to make that trick a better was if his card would have been frozen in carbonite. That would have been like, <laughs> that would have been the ultimate for me. <laughs> If, like, that card was, like, frozen in carbonite, dude. That would have been awesome. Okay, I'm going to go over some bad pop real quick. I've got a lot of good pop and bad pop this week, by the way. Bad pop, I'm going to have to say that the Family Guy episode where Brian died last night. I don't know if anybody watched this, but, yeah. Okay, last year. No, it was was it last year? Yeah, it was this last year at uh, San Diego Comic-Con. Like, they, the creators of Family Guy announced that a major character would die. And I was just like, ah, whatever, Okay. I was more excited about the Simpsons Family Guy crossover that they were talking about. So, like, they admitted that, like, I want to make sure everybody's here because every it seems like every five seconds I'm yeah, losing yeah. I'm losing a yeah, little. I'm here. <laughs> okay, thank Everyone's God. Everyone's here as far as I know. So, like, okay, what happened in the episode was you've got you know Stewie at the beginning of the episode and Brian and they're traveling through time. And they find that they just realize, come to the realization that time traveling is more hassle than it's worth. And so, did I lose somebody? No, nope. not me. No, no. All right. It sounds like I'm going to lose somebody. So they realize that it's better to just get rid of the time machine at all. It's more trouble than it's worth. So they, they, they just destroy the time machine. And so at that point in time, they're like, hey, let's just do something different. They're going to play some uh, street hockey. They play street hockey, and all of a sudden this like crazy car goes down the road and runs over Brian, to which they take him to the hospital. Brian's in the hospital bed, and the whole family gets to say goodbye to him because he's going to die. The doctor, the vet says he's going to die, and he says that he loves them. And it's like a really serious, somber moment. Like all the characters are crying. Brian's dying. You know, all the characters are crying. And, you know, like, you think, like, the whole time that, like, Stewie's going to invent the time machine and bring him back. The whole time you're thinking, he's going to come back. He's going to come back. 
time machine is going to come back. By the end of the episode, they've inv- they've they've introduced the new dog. The family gets a new talking dog named Vinny, which is voiced by one of the guys from The Sopranos. I found out, <laughs> and he's like this Italian dog, and he ends up connecting with all the characters, and finally ends up connecting with Stewie, and kind of like putting Stewie at ease. And, and by the end of the episode, he's sleeping in Stewie's room, right by Stewie's bed. He has replaced Brian in the series, so like. Twitter blew the fuck up. People went fucking crazy over this. Did you guys read about that? I, I, I did read the article about. Uh, I didn't see the episode, but I did read the article about uh, you know them killing off Brian and, and you know everybody going just just batshit crazy about yeah. it. Yeah, it was crazy, man. Like I, I seriously thought by the end of the episode, like he'd be back. I was like, ah, come on. Yeah, they killed him off. He legitimately died. Okay, let's bring him back with time travel. But apparently, like, Stewie couldn't get the same parts for the time machine anymore. And so, you know, he didn't come back. Now, the rumor is, is that if you look at some of the titles for some of the episodes that are coming out later this season, some of the titles and descriptions do have Brian in them. So I don't know if they're going to be flashback scenes or if he actually is going to come back to the series. I can't see him not coming back to the series. Come on. He's a fan favorite. He's a fan favorite. Yeah, I don't know. Exactly, dude. He's a fan favorite, and I can't see people not freaking the, sh- the fuck out about this. I mean, seriously, unless... You can't just force feed a replacement. You're just like, no, you're going to like this dog now. I mean, that's not how it works. Right, okay, yeah. just because Bobby Brady gets old, you don't introduce fucking Cousin Oliver. Every- nobody fucking like Cousin Oliver. You know, just because <laughs> Jay and Jake are gone doesn't mean we introduce a Lil, you know, fucking Dave and Steve. Nobody's going to like you guys. I'm fucking with you. <laughs> so yeah. we're, we're going to get a petition too, just like no uh, shit. these guys. Just, no just, shit. Get, get over well, 2,000 signatures. It's, it's, exactly. You know what? I feel, like, I feel like Gene Hackman in Hoosiers. You know, it's like I'm introducing the new team and everybody's fucking wanting Jay and Jake back. And I'm, so, I'm, like, I'm like, Jimmy Chitwood's not coming back to this team. This is your team. This is your team. Is anybody catching that reference? Please tell me. I, I got it. All right, thank you. Nobody appreciates it though because this fucker's talking about us. <laughs> I've been working for these guys for a few months now, and I really miss Jay and Jake already. <laughs> I do. All I really right. miss them. We miss you guys. Um. Uh, so yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna go ahead and say uh, toss that fucking Family Guy fucking episode. Uh, so I'm getting caught up on uh, Game of Thrones. Anybody watch Game of Thrones? Oh, yes. I'm all caught up on Game of Thrones. I'm not. Yes. Like, I'm in season two. Like, dude, I have season one. I've watched season one twice, but I have oh, not. Man. I started season two again. Dude, this show's fucking crazy, okay? I mean, there's scenes like... Where are you at in season two? Season two, I'm like on like episode five or six. Like, every scene, okay. someone has their hands on somebody's dick or genitals or something. It's it's getting crazy. Like HBO, baby. Yeah, no, well, I understand that they can do that. You know, it's like, it's, but it's it's a little bit, it's it's not even like True Blood, okay? Like, True Blood, like, oh, here's some tits, here's some ass. Like, no, like, here's fucking Game of Thrones. Everybody's getting banged, dude. Every fucking second, somebody's getting banged. Like, there's this powerful scene. It's between, like, two characters that are interacting. They'll cut to another scene. Where two completely different characters are just banging each other. It's like so. It's like you've had this like, this scene, like you know, with like uh, I don't know, uh, what, what, what's the name? The the little guy, Tyrion. 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 Tyrion's like talking. He's like being sarcastic and shit. And then like, bam! All of a sudden, like somebody's just banging somebody in a bed. 
They're just lulling. They're just lulling you into a relaxed state right now. It's crazy. That's what they're doing. Yeah, Um, the season two progressively. I mean, oh, dude, 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 season three. You're, you're, it's gonna be crazy. Yeah, just don't. Just keep watching, Bri. There's just, oh yeah, yeah. There, there's no way to spoil it. You, I, it would be so dickish to spoil I, it. I don't want oh. you to spoil anything for me, <laughs> but like all I've seen so far is just killing and sex. It's like everybody's like, okay, I just killed somebody, and then the, like here's another scene, just two people having sex. Um, I don't think they should call it Game of Thrones. It should be called Game of Bones because seriously, everybody's boning each other on this show. <laughs> Every freaking week. And don't even get me started on incest. I've seen more incest on this show than I have in some of the, like, I don't know, in, like, what, what's that What's that movie with the, with the squeal like a piggy? I, seriously, dude. There, there, yeah, dude. There is so much fucking incest in this show. It's unreal. Way more than Melissa and Joey. Nah, fuck you. <laughs> fuck you. <laughs> Fuck you, Melissa and Joey. That's that's good wholesome fun. I've never turned on Melissa and Joey and seeing Joey Lawrence like banging Melissa, you know, doggy style. This is crazy. Hey, I watch Glee. Don't don't worry about it. I don't know. It's crazy. I don't know this show. I like it. Did you guys see the uh, Game of Thrones South Park episode that they had recently? Oh, yeah. I did. I was actually gonna because you were bringing that up. I was actually thinking of adding that to my to my good pop because uh, I was dying. Totally with, good. Uh, yeah. With Butters talking about just what you're saying, like every because I, I have not watched Game of Thrones, but then just him talking about that, like you know, it's an angry penis versus a uh, <laughs> a, a limp penis versus you know, you know, women get scared of a of a hard penis, and I was just I was dying. I, yeah, that, that was one of the best episodes they've done in a while. Right, yeah, it was. That, no, like seriously, I don't know if you guys have been watching this season. That's the first good episode that they've had all season, honestly. This season's been awful. Yeah. I mean, um, you know, I love those guys. I saw the Book of Mormon in, uh, up in Chicago. Hilarious. It, it is one of the best musicals I've ever seen. And I've seen, not, not like I'm a musical guy, but I've seen like Spam a lot and like, you know, Wicked and shit like that. And this tops them all. This was hilarious. Those guys are very talented. I just think like this, I think they just like, I think they're running out of ideas. They're getting older. They're running out of ideas. Um, I don't know, but yeah, that that's definitely good pop. I, and I'm going to give good pop anyway to Game of Thrones. I like the show. Don't get me wrong. I also wanted to go over uh, 12 Years a Slave. I just want to go over it real quick. I saw it last year. Tupperware. I went in this. I went into the movie. I, I did not know what to expect. Um, it is from a uh, horrible dark time in our nation's history, with uh, and it deals with slavery, but. The movie is absolutely amazing. I don't want to spoil anything out there if you haven't seen it. But by the end of the movie, honestly, I'm gonna, I'll am gonna i be honest with you. I went by myself to see the movie, and by the end of the movie, I'm in tears by what I saw and how I was affected. Uh, I, I'd be surprised if there were any dry eyes in the theater. I did look over. There were quite a few people that were affected by this movie by, as well as myself. Um, uh, that uh, The actor, I can't pronounce his name, Chiwetel Ojefer, however you pronounce his name, uh, he plays the main guy. He he is fantastic in this film. Um, Michael Fassbender uh, he plays an evil, just an evil person, but his performance is amazing. Brad Pitt has a really limited role, but he he's great in the movie as well. Uh, if if you can see this movie in the theater, I definitely I highly recommend it. It's it's really good. It's really good. Twelve Years a Slave. I give it a Tupperware. So, um, have you guys seen the Volvo commercial with Jean-Claude Van Damme? 
<laughs> with the trucks and the splits. Fucking A. Have you seen that thing? <laughs> oh, man, that's amazing. Dude, isn't it? That's a badass fucking scene, dude. Okay, check this out. There's a Volvo commercial, Jean-Claude Van Damme. He does the splits between two moving Volvo trucks moving in reverse. The video is <laughs> fucking insane. It's uh, really good. It really is. Funny. It's awesome. You need to watch this. Seriously. I'm going to post it on our Facebook page. Uh, it's part of the Volvo Trucks Crazy Stunts with Our Trucks promotional campaign. And Volvo is swearing that it's real and that there is zero computer-generated trickery. Uh, to pull off the stunt, Volvo ca- commandeered a closed airport in Spain and waited for sunrise. Van Damme, they, this is the rumor. They said Van Damme <laughs> only needed one take to make it work. <laughs> it's awesome. if th- I mean, if this is real, it's pretty badass. And I- I'm going to post it. Like I said, I'm going to post it on our Facebook page. You saw it, you saw it, Steve? Yeah, yeah, very cool. Yeah, I-, I YouTubed it a few times. I mean, it's it's just hilarious. It's how is Jean Claude Van Damme awesome again? Like, and he's like really awesome again. Yeah, dude. Okay, I don't know about you, but like, I really wanted to get back into him. He did that movie JCVD. Did you see that? Mm-hmm. Um, I ha- I didn't see that no, it but was, um, I, I did have. see him in the Expendables too. Yeah, he was great in Expendables too. But JCVD, come on, did you see it a little? I did. I I I liked it. I'm. I didn't like it. A, I'm a closet Van Damme fan. I I understood the the movie. Um, I, I just liked it for 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 what it was. You know what fame had brought to him because that's what what I was trying to tell. Right. Um, but yeah, I, I you know I. You know, Van Damme's late '80s, early '90s stuff. I was, I was, I have all their DVDs. I mean, I'm a big fan of Bloodsport and all that. And I, yeah. I saw the, I saw the, uh, the, the commercial. But Channing Tatum did a spoof on the commercial. I don't. Know yeah, if you I heard that. about. I heard but, about. I didn't see. It. I, no, I didn't. Yeah, see it, he did it with uh, two food carts um, on the set of uh, Twenty Two Jump Street. It's, it's freaking hilarious. That at the end, like he falls off the food cart. And it's like. It's like they weren't like the food carts don't have the proper precision, and it was it was pretty hilarious. <laughs> were they going in reverse? <laughs> no, they were just going straight. They were going straight, and he starts like you know his legs start splitting, but he, you know he couldn't go down even half half of what Van Dam did. But it was it was pretty hilarious. So look that up. Try, uh, do you know Tatum spoofing Van Dam and, uh, and pull that up on YouTube? That's pretty funny. See, I'm trying to be all serious. I'm trying to be all serious about like the JCVD like Volvo commercial, and like you totally just like I showed me up. That's awesome with the Channing Tatum. <laughs> grocery cart one that's awesome i gotta see that now i'm telling you i was like i i saw the van damme one i'm like i'm like i knew he could do that i mean he was doing those uh what are the commercials he was doing recently where he was just popping up everywhere um oh that was like the, yeah he was like drumming and shit in that in the kitchen in that one yeah it was that. like he's like bizarre doing commercials yeah. what yeah he was like there was like a guy cooking it was like a chef he was like chopping up some vegetables or some shit and you you hear like these bongo drums, and he looked up in the corner, and like John Claude Van Damme was just up on top of the shelf, just banging away on some bongo drums. Oh, I thought that'd list. be. I thought that'd be. <laughs> I thought they'd be Matthew McConaughey high off his ass <laughs> with the bongo drums. It was, it was crazy. Oh, man. You guys have heard of that story about? I think it was Matthew a GoDaddy Ma- commercial. I think. Okay. Maybe, maybe that's like, oh, but, yeah, you know what? You're right. because he did. He did a couple GoDaddy commercials like that. Um, yeah. Yeah. 
But yeah, uh, that shit's fun. Like, uh, what was it? Like, Van Damme was awesome in Expendables 2. I liked him in that. I thought it was... See, that's the thing. It's like, okay, these Expendables movies, it's just, they're just like turn-off-your-brain movies. It's like they're just winks to all those 80s, 90s movies we grew up watching as kids. Like, you're not supposed to take it seriously. That's what I love about them. Oh, yeah, no, the Expendables movies are awesome. I remember in the the first one when they when they barely escape in the plane and then they turn around and do that do that uh, once around and, and shoot the guys on the dock. Yeah. That yes. was so amazing. Yes. Yes. <laughs> the first time I saw that, I was just like, oh, my God. Yes. I love I, – dude, I love the chemistry. I don't care what anybody says. I love the chemistry between Statham and Stallone. I think it's awesome. Oh, yeah, very good. Very good. I love yeah, it. I guess, and also on top of that, I guess Van Damme's got a, a new movie coming out in February called "Welcome to the Jungle." It's, it's like a comedy. Be, yeah, it's supposed to be a comedy <laughs> with uh, with Adam Brody. I, I just saw the poster, and it's just this is ridiculous. I don't Are you shitting me? No, no, I saw I saw that article earlier today. Yeah, it's that's some crazy stuff. Yeah, <laughs> "Welcome to the Jungle." Good for him, dude. Because like, I know he's crazy and all, but. Oh my god, good for him, dude. Some of the best movies, uh, watching when I was a kid were like, you know, Kickboxer and Cyborg and Lionheart and all those movies. They're so fun. I don't yeah, know. I, they're, they're still fun and cheesy to watch today. Exactly, man. I got them all on DVD still. I, I made my <laughs> wife watch them all. She, I, I drive her crazy every time I see Bloodsport or, you know, Cyborg or Universal Soldier on TV, right. I just have to turn it on. Right. We're kind of in a renaissance right now, like not only comic book movies, but like old action star movies. Yeah. Like you got JCVD, Schwarzenegger, Stallone. I mean, they're all coming out with movies together, separate. Yeah. I mean, every other day it's a new trailer for a new, you know, Schwarzenegger movie. Yeah. And it's just uh, crazy. Did you guys hear, I, I had, a, I talked about it in a previous episode of Pop Culture Leftovers, but the uh, Dolph Lundgren, Tony Jaw movie. Did you guys watch Ong Bak or any of those? <laughs> yeah, yeah, I've seen Ong Bak. Can you imagine those two in a movie? That's kind of like, you know, we did get to see a little bit of like Jet Li and like, you know, uh, Dolph Lundgren in the same Expendables movie, but they were working kind of against each other even though they were on the same team. Tony Jaw and Dolph Lundgren together on the same team in a movie, that's going to be amazing. I, I'm with you. I, I think that I think that would be probably one of the better ones because you know I, I, I've always thought Lundgren was was probably the best pure action you know fighter out of the group. I mean the other guys were were big and muscular, but I thought you know Lundgren can kick some butt. He's got a presence. He really has a presence to him. Um, I think like if any of those guys walked into a room, like I think like he would stand out. Like holy shit. Like when, <laughs> like his presence in the Expendables, it's there. When he is in giant. the room, he's yeah. When huge. he's, yeah. When he's in the room with those guys, dude. I know Schwarzenegger's a badass, but when he's in the room with those guys, he is the most intimidating, intimidating guy in the room. I still oh, love sure. Lundgren's uh, Punisher the best. Over Tom Jane's dirty, yes. over Tom Jane's dirty laundry short. No, dude, Tom Jane, Tom Jane doesn't look like uh, a guy who will shoot you for jaywalking. Have you seen the Tom Jane dirty yeah. laundry short? The yeah. dirty laundry short was pretty awesome. It was that, the that, best Punisher, awesome. best Punisher movie yeah. ever made. And that was ten minutes. And it was ten minutes. <laughs> Yeah, no, it was yeah, pretty good. I don't good. need to see Dolph Lundgren hanging out naked in a sewer. I was just about to say that, yeah. <laughs> Anything but those naked meditation scenes that he had yeah. in the sewer. The only thing around. punishing about that movie was the fucking script, Dave. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. 
Hey, you know what? I own it on DVD, so I can't complain. That's no. my boy right there. That's my boy. It's just what it is, man. I, I, I got to buy it. I mean, I even own the 70s Captain America movies. I mean, that's how terrible my DVD collection is. Oh, dude. Did, okay, wow. you know what? Did, they, did you guys realize that they actually did show that in the theater? They will deny that that Captain America movie was actually shown in theaters. I can show. I can talk to you. I can talk to a dude in Springfield that's got the ticket stub, and I've seen it. Wow. <laughs> so. Oh, the one from 1990. Yes, the, it was shown. The, it was yeah. shown in Springfield theaters for one night. That's amazing. They yeah. will deny that's it. Probably a test screening. Yes, they will deny it. But I can talk to a dude in Springfield, Illinois, that showed me the ticket stub for real. Well, they they released yeah. it in Turkey. I mean, they take all our garbage and watch it over there. I mean. Right, yeah, they take they take all of our shitty basketball players too. Yeah, that's, that's, <laughs> I'm talking to you, Khalid El Amin. <laughs> True story. All right, I wanted to talk a little bit about another good pop that I saw this week. I got a kick out of this. Okay, um, Snow White and the Huntsman scribe Evan Doherty. He thought it would be fun to do a gritty Christopher Nolan version of one of his favorite Nintendo properties, the Mario Brothers. And uh, he wrote and directed four shorts that play out like movie trailers. Um, the first one stars Mario, and it's called The Fixer. Uh, you hear Mario's voice over as he says, I'm the fixer, right? Something's broke. I gotta fix it. They show him. He gets up. He opens the fridge, and you see, like, the red mushrooms. He takes one out of the fridge. He puts it into a blender, and he drinks it, like, in a shake. Then they show this gritty montage of him working out, you know? It's not like Rocky Goofy, but they show him like this gritty montage of him working out. At the end of, at the end of the, the trailer, they show him again. He says, I'm the fixer, right? Funny thing is, sometimes in order to fix stuff, you gotta break stuff. And then he, <laughs> then he does that thing where he jumps up and he punches the floating block of bricks. <laughs> And then they show the gold coins falling at his feet in slow motion. <laughs> Dude, it looks like a gritty Nolan Mario. I'm not messing with you. So there's, you gotta check this out. I'm gonna post it on our page. There's four films. There's Mario, Luigi, Princess Peach, and Toad. I think, I think the Luigi one, Luigi, Luigi's like a strung out drug addict or some shit. So you got it. You, oh def- you definitely. I'm, got I'm interested in the Toad one. Then. Yeah, <laughs> I've, I've seen. That. I've seen the. Oh, um, I've seen the Mario and Luigi one. I haven't seen the Princess Peach and Toad one. So I will post one of those to our uh, one of those to our Facebook page. Moment of silence. Just, Weird. It sounded like a a plane was going over. What was that? <laughs> that's, that's what I thought it was. Did you guys? Are you guys hearing a plane? I, really I don't know. Loud humming. Yeah. I hear something now. I do. Oh, you know what? It's us losing listeners. That's what I hear. <laughs> <laughs> I take full responsibility for that. Um. Well, well, according to you, Dave, it's all my fault. So. Well. Alil, do you want to do your good pop, bad pop? And I'll say mine, mine's really short, so maybe I'll yeah. just wrap it up. Yeah, mine, mine's also short. I'll just go with uh, with my um, – I'll start with my bad pop, um, which still entertained me, and I was laughing the whole time, but it was Vanilla Ice Goes Amish uh, on the uh, Do It Yourself Network. Um, 
it's Vanilla Ice, I guess, over the last couple of years has reinvented himself as a homemaker, um, a re- home remodeler. Uh, and they, I guess they decided to send him out to Ohio, um, you know, where it's, I guess, the, the largest population or area of, uh, of Amish people. And he has to live with them and work with them uh, and learn their Amish ways. I, I got about a episode, maybe an episode in and I, I just couldn't watch anymore. My my wife actually, I think, was ready to divorce me because I was laughing at it. Um, but it was uh, it was just, it was just funny, you know, just seeing Vanilla Ice. You know, most of us grew up, you know, Ice Ice Baby, and hearing that he was hung out a window by Suge Knight, and just seeing him here uh, laying drywall with Amish people, and you know, learning you know to live life without uh, any clothes and everything. It was uh, it was pretty funny. Any clothes that he wears. Like, well, okay, I was like, like Vanilla Ice joined a nudist colony. I didn't know what we were talking about there for a second. Do any of the Amish guys ever recognize him? We lost them. Nope, nope, nope. We lost the Lil, didn't we? Oh, okay. I was gonna say because I'm here. All right. Hey, we don't <laughs> we don't we don't need that other guy anyway. I think, I, I, I think, uh, I think uh, it's natural selection. He's, he's calling. I'm just fucking with you a little. Hold on. I'm gonna have to do that thing where I hang up on both of you. All right. See you soon. All right. I don't know why this keeps happening. Okay, I'm here. All right, a little. Hello. All right, we lost you again, man. Oh my god, what happened? I'm looking at my screen. All of a sudden, I'm talking to myself. Yeah, you must be using Amish services or something. <laughs> Maybe. Yeah. Um, it's because I'm sitting here without clothes, just like uh, Vanilla Ice was in the show. Yeah, what's up with the without clothes thing? I don't understand that. I met I met without without clothes like he would normally wear. Uh, oh, okay. You're not allowed to wear zippers. You're not allowed, you know. So he was. No, you know, I think you wear, just like, I think you just figured out do it yourself's next show. Vanilla yeah. Ice goes nudist. You yeah. sent him to a nudist colony. What is that one show? Naked and alone. Naked and. You know oh yeah, that's about? on. Uh, was it? Uh, not the Travel Channel, like Discovery. Like Naked and Afraid? Naked and Afraid with Vanilla Ice. <laughs> I think our listeners are naked and afraid after listening to this fuck cluster of a podcast. Anyway. Um. Uh, the, only, the only good pop I got since we've talked about a lot of stuff was just uh, I'm, a, I'm a big fan of uh, collecting action figures and stuff. And uh, Funko, with their pop vinyl line, released the uh, a Thundercat series. Uh, so it's Lionel... Um, Mumra, Snarf, Shitara, uh, Panthro. I'm sorry, Shitara. Yeah. And uh, and Panthro. Um, and it, it, they just look cool. And I just I just thought that was really cool uh, that they came out. Yeah. Uh, trying to get some love to the Thundercats since it seems like they're one of the only '80s properties that uh, seems to you know not uh, not be holding on. And I know they came out with a cartoon that was short lived, uh, a relaunch. But dude, that cartoon you know, was, was awesome. It was awesome. I, I, yeah, it was I agree. Really good. Dude, that cartoon was I awesome. Agree, yeah. You know, that's the thing. It's like, okay, everybody's nostalgic these days. Like, oh, the original Thundercats was so good. It was so awesome. I love the original Thundercats because, you know, I was a kid then. It was good when you were five. It was good when that. you were five. It was more substance than it was. It was more style than it was substance. The world building, I thought, that was going on in the new Thundercats series was a ton better in my opinion. 
I did okay, I will give it up. I did like the 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 original Thundercats where they had that episodes where Lino had to become king and he had to battle each one of them. Like he had to race Chitara, he had to like uh, outwit Kit and Cat, he had to uh, battle you know Panthro for strength. That was cool, but like honestly, I think the world building in the new Thundercats was a lot better. Way better. That episode where all the uh, like meditating elephants that forgot everything. That all the was time. awesome. Yeah, phenomenal. Yeah, and then like even yeah. the Burbles episode when they they like Panther lost his arms in like the negative zone or whatever, and uh, going up against what was that his like uh, arch nemesis? I can't remember the name's dude. Yeah, I don't remember dude's name. But like, yeah, he lost his arms, and the Burbles gave him those new robotic arms. And I don't know, there was a. I just really enjoyed that, and it only it was short lived. Only lasted one season. I actually bought some of the toys from that. Uh, I've got like the new uh, what was it like that 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 uh, the vehicle that they had with the claws that went up and the, down. The, the, the Thunder down? Tank. Yeah, the Thunder Tank. I got the new Thunder Tank. Yeah. You can get them all on clearance now. At Toys R Us. That's what I did. I went, I think I got mine at like Target. <laughs> Dude, I go to Toys R Us like all the time. Like half the pictures on on our uh, pop culture leftovers Facebook page are like me and my missions to Toys R Us. I always feel like a vulture <laughs> in that clearance section, just because it's like it's all the stuff that failed, all the dead stuff. I always feel bad, like a looming vulture in the clearance section. <laughs> it's like, oh shit, Bioshock figures for two yeah. bucks. Yeah, hell yeah. No, but I agree with you that that cartoon was good. I, it, and it's and it's funny. I mean, I'm, I I don't think that you know the cartoons we watched in the '80s were bad, but I think a lot of the new ones that they're that they're redoing yeah. are better. I mean, like I I've had a few arguments about the new Ninja Turtles cartoon because I watch it with my my kids. Thank you. They love it, and I'm watching the storylines, and I'm like, I'm like this is way more in depth. It's than very good. What we wa- what we watch as kids, and you know, I'm like, this is just this is a really good story. This is a really you know, it's really done well. Right. Uh, you know, I was very impressed with it, and I'm like, you know, it's it's like blasphemy saying that you know the new turtles is better than what we watch, but I, I think it is. It is. It is. Oh, okay. Yeah, the old ones. Okay. Yeah, they love pizza, and Michelangelo is like this party dude, and whatever. It wasn't that good. It wasn't. I mean, if you I, go back and you read and you watch it now, it was stupid. It was just the cell figures, man. It was. Yeah. It was all. It was, oh, yeah. and they still yeah. are. Yeah. And I'm not. No, I'm not saying the originals were stupid, but I'm just saying like some of the things on the originals. I think it was just to sell toys. Yeah, yeah they were. It was a commercial. I love the original Transformers. I will always hold a special place for it in my heart, but. The only reason they killed Optimus was to sell more toys. That's it. And they admitted it. So, Brian, if, if you're one of the four Ninja Turtles, which turtle are you? I, if I could choose to be a Ninja Turtle, which Ninja Turtle would I be? I would be Donatello. Donatello. I can't even say his fucking name. I'd be Donatello. You know why? Because I'm a fucking imbecile, and I'd like to be—I'd like to be able to create like all the gadgets that he does, dude. I am not creative at all like that. I'm not creative at all like that. I cannot create anything. This dude can invent anything. He's like a professor in Gilligan's Island. He can make anything out of anything. I I would be Donatello, hands down. All right, Steve. Donatello's taken. Who are you? Uh, I guess I'll have to to go with Michelangelo because it must be fun to live in the the happy-go-lucky world that he gets to stay in daily. He doesn't seem to be worried about anything. Give me a cowabunga, Steve. Oh, man. Come on, man. You're Michelangelo. You uh, got a cowabunga. 
Don't, Cowabunga. Don't, oh, yeah. I, I would have said, fuck you. I you know, surfing on the on the door with Batman and Robin, you know, <laughs> flying through the sky, like making an ass out of himself. Uh. All right, Will, you get you got uh, Leonardo and Raphael to choose from. Who are you? Yeah, I, I guess I'm Leonardo. I mean, I, you know, I, I don't know. I don't want to be an asshole and say I, I think I'm a leader, but I'm an asshole and I think I'm a leader. <laughs> You just got fired from the podcast, leader. (laughs) Shooting for your title. You can lead yourself on the fuck out of here. No, I'm just messing with you. Do that um, moving on up music. So I guess you're Raphael by default. I'll take that. Electra has cool size, so I'll do Raphael. And she had the best Marvel movie ever made. (laughs) (laughs) Bring back Jennifer Garner for Netflix. Oh, man. God, no, don't do that, please. All right. Who else has to do their uh, good pop? Um, pop? I do. Um, I have a, a couple of um I want to start well, off with Well, we've one run out of thing. time for your good pop or bad pop. <laughs> um, I, I sent you in a little a link earlier this week. Um, I think it was on Saturday. Of a, There's a, a group called um, Bat in the Sun, and they produce these series of videos on the Internet called um, Superpower Beatdowns. And I sent you guys a link to a video that was a White Ranger versus Scorpion. Yes, and it's like an eight-minute-long fan film of just this really awesomely choreographed and beautifully shot, and the special effects were really good. It was just a really amazing short film, and it actually starred uh, Jason David Frank. I mean, he was actually in the White Ranger suit again, doing his thing, and I just. I thought that was super awesome, and I thought I'd share it with you guys and see what you guys thought about it. Uh, dude, I thought it was amazing. I had a lot of fun. Now, like, the only one I had seen before this was the, uh, I think I saw Cap versus, was it Cap versus Batman? Did they have that one as well? Um, they had uh, they have Wolverine versus Batman. I saw uh, that one. A- I saw yeah. that one. And I'm not going to give spoilers as to who wins. It's always fun to speculate who they're going to choose wins. And it's actually not them. It's the fans that choose who wins. So exactly. basically there's yeah. a poll. And so what was cool about the one that Steve sent was that this was the closest poll that they had ever had. And I thought it was amazing, dude. I, I really, really enjoyed that video. And everything was very well choreographed. The um, even the costumes just looked down, just downright perfect. And and you know, like they didn't like try to make it too like realistic either. Like I mean, it was a realistic kind of gritty video. But you know, the White Ranger was still making all his dopey sounds, and <laughs> you know, it's morphin' time and the whole deal. And it was. It was just really awesome to see. It was very, uh, it was really cool. I thought it was. Really cool. Yeah, and at the beginning, they kind of give you some exposition. So, like, I know we all are familiar with the character of you know, you know, Scorpion and the White Ranger, but like some of the things that we didn't know about those characters, like I didn't know what Scorpion Scorpion had been up to since like you know Mortal Kombat one, two, and three. I kind of dropped out of the whole Mortal Kombat thing after those few first movies. So, like, it was interesting to hear, like, what he'd been up to since then. So, you know what I mean? Yeah, there's, he's got a whole backstory that they went into. And they talk about all their fighting styles that they they can use and, and well, he got all the different the, weapons they yeah, have. And, he got sent to hell. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I was like, no. Yeah, he, he can summon he can summon to hellfire and he can take you to hell real quick and... and 
put the beat down there. I just it was it was so well choreographed and shot. You know, it was very professional looking, and I just wanted to put a shout out to those guys because I thought that was really awesome. Have any of you guys watched the uh, Mortal Kombat uh, Legacy web series? Definitely. I watched the first season, but I didn't. I didn't bother with the second. I, I tried. I think I watched part of the first episode, and I just it just wasn't for me. Yeah, I heard that. Off. Yeah, I've heard that. Like some of the some of the characters are good in the second season, and some of them aren't as good in the second season. Um, that director actually dropped out, and so now they don't even know if they're going to go forward with the Mortal Kombat movie that they were talking about. So yeah, and that wasn't even going to have anything to do with the legacy series. Exactly, that was more just the, the legacy series just more to just to test the waters and see what fan reaction was. And I think when it dwindled on season two, that kind of made up their mind for them. Yeah, they should have jumped. They should they should have made the jump honestly right after the big hype with the uh, Michael J. White. Like, wasn't that the Michael J. White the uh, video game that they'd done? Like that whole like it was like him Baraka was cutting off heads and shit. Uh, they, I think, I like think so. Think yeah, yeah. Michael J. White was Jax, and like they showed like uh, that was that was an episode of the first season. Of, was of it Legacy? Okay, which was really cool. Yeah, I remember he, and he punched uh, Kano in the face so hard he knocked his eye out. <laughs> that's what, that's how he got that silver plate. They should have capitalized on a movie right after that. I think that's when it was at its like striking point where they you know strike while the iron's hot. I think that's when they should have done it, and they kind of fucked that up. Yeah, they waited too long. Waited too long. Yeah. And uh, the only other thing that I had to talk about was: Has anybody else watched Sons of Anarchy at all? Or I don't watch Sons. No. Alil, do you no. watch Sons at all? Or no? No, I don't uh, watch Sons. No. Um, after catching up on Breaking Bad, I'm trying to I'm trying to get all my shows in order, and I'm catching up on Sons of Anarchy right now, and it's 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 a hard show to. To, to grasp mainly one of the problems that I have with the show is that it, it takes place where I live and it's very obviously not filmed where I live so, so it it pulls me out right away because they'll be like talking about like oh what happened to this truck outside of Modesto but they're like up in the mountains and I'm like come on that's, that's just not what it looks like out here Steve's like doing? Steve's like like getting in his car and driving out there and going dude I don't see any of these motherfuckers <laughs> like, out here this is bullshit <laughs> Charlie Hunnam. Yeah, it's not real, Steve. It's not real. I guess that guy that works at the uh, fucking convenience store kind of looks like Ron Perlman, but man, this is fucking bullshit. <laughs> no, it's it's just, it's it's just really funny. That's just one of the things. But but it 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 it's very like you have to take it with a grain of salt. Like so many things happen on the show that like they're trying to be realistic, but realistic consequences aren't happening. You know so, what I mean? So it should it's be like, called the Sons of Malarkey, basically. Basically, it's just that there's no there's no consequence for for anything that happens in the show, so it makes it really hard to care because you just know that, like the next episode's gonna come and oh they're all gonna be up to their shenanigans again. I like so. Charlie Hunnam and Ron Perlman though. I mean, I don't know. I, I think it'd be something that I'd like to get started. But like, how many seasons are they on right now? I think they're they are they're currently on the sixth season okay. on TV right now. And is it is it like your standard? Uh, I don't know. I don't. How does FX do it? Do they do like a thirteen episode season? Yeah, or? I think it's thirteen episodes. Okay. thirteen episode seasons. So it's and, not your uh, standard NBC like twenty four seasons with like you know like six or seven eight filler episodes. It's actually like they're actually getting shit done, right? Yeah, yeah. And there's a there's a storyline. I mean, it it you know it, it's not like one episode. You know, it's not like a fill in of the week type thing. So right. Um, it's an ongoing storyline it's just 
it's by the by the end by the middle of season five where I'm at now. It's just that it's, it's so much story and so convoluted that it's really hard to kind of keep track of what's happening. Do you think that's but, the big ma- the main problem with the show? Do you think it should have like wrapped up maybe a couple seasons ago? Do you think they're stretching this out on FX? Well, I, I don't know because Breaking Bad. I mean, Breaking Bad almost felt like it could have gone a little longer, but then it wouldn't have been as great as it was, you know, when it ended. So it's hard. It's hard to say. Well, I, I think that Sons of Anarchy might be outstaying its welcome a little bit too much. See, that's the thing, like, with, um, you know, shows, like, over in Europe, like, they'll have one, two, three seasons, you know, of course, like, not saying that, you know, let's exclude Doctor Who, Doctor Who, but, like, The Office over there only lasted, I believe, two, three seasons, and how long yeah. did The Office last over here? Close to ten years? I think I mean, it was, yeah, uh, yeah. yeah ten, nine or ten seasons, yeah. Right, so, I mean, the Ricky Gervais, you know office did not last that long and i i've never watched the u.s version i've tried i just can't get into it but i actually enjoyed like the original ricky gervais version i thought it was really funny and i think that's a problem with a lot of the american tv is like we stretch things out like you know look at uh dexter how many seasons they've stretched that out before they finally ended it and like the creators wanted to end it after like season seven you know, and I think that's the same yeah. thing. That, you know, a lot of these, like, you know, I think even with Breaking Bad, I mean, wasn't season five? Didn't they stretch that out into like season five point two? Yeah, I, that's they, what they did. They, they, yeah. they broke it up in the middle. Exactly, exactly. We're gonna talk more about AMC later, but but I, but uh, 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 to wrap up Sons of Anarchy, it's yeah. it's aside from all the negative, you know, aside from it being kind of convoluted and uh, like no consequences for anything, it's still really fun. And there's a lot of, you know, things that the girls like and the guys like. It's a great couple show. You you know, you're a lady and you'll get into it. Um, it's it's still fun to watch. It's just it's just so hard to take seriously. <laughs> but you like but it. That's, what would you rate I, it? Uh, I, it's, it's out of like a one out of five. I'd probably put it around a, around a four. We don't like fucking rate one out of four. We you know what? I fucking toss your one out of five rating. We don't fucking rate shit like that here. Ah, oh, fuck. We, okay, you got to edit that out. <laughs> we, we, I'll give it a taste it. I'll all it right. Taste. All right. Taste. Sorry, man. My bad. I know. What a mess. My bad. Uh, Shit. We got to taste it. Why don't you give it a thumbs up or thumbs down, Siskel? Shit. I was in the moment. (laughs) I'm messing messing with you, dude. Um, Um, No, I'd say taste it because um, I think some people, if you like it, you're going to love it. But yeah. if you don't like it, it's it's not going to be for you. I, so. You know what? I'll be honest with you. I mean, I think anytime uh, Sons of Anarchy comes on uh, TV, like my Facebook explodes with people saying, "Oh, Sons is on, Sons is on." I mean, there's a lot. It has a huge following. Yeah, it's it's definitely got a big following. It's not it's not going anywhere. It's not in its sixth season for you know for no reason. So. Um. I think we all I, last thing I wanted to talk about with Good Pop Bad Pop I think we all watched uh, Almost Human the first two episodes wanted to talk a little bit about Almost Human I brought it up on the show before uh, the, you know the show it's written by J.H. Wyman it's produced uh, produced by J.J. Abrams um, the reason I'm saying that in the way I'm saying it is I, I don't know how involved J.J. Abrams actually is in this project. I think the guy's got his plate full with Star Wars Episode Seven right now. I think it's nice to have his name attached to it, but I think that's really where it ends. Is everybody there? Yep. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, cool. Uh, now, the show, it stars Carl. I So, honestly, what I'm trying to say is I think this is J.H. Wyman's baby, in Completely. my opinion. Um, the show stars Carl Urban. 
Uh, we all know him as uh, Bones, uh, you know, Dr. McCoy from Star Trek. And then probably one of my favorite movies from last year is uh, Dread. Uh, he plays Detective John Kennix in this. Uh, we have Michael Ely as the android, as Dorian. And uh, Minka Kelly, I don't know if anybody else is familiar with her work. She she was in Friday Night Lights. Uh, she was also in the uh, short-lived, uh, was it the Charlie's Angels remake that they had a couple seasons ago that got canceled? Yeah, I think you're right. Yeah, she yeah was, I think she it. was like sexually harassed on that on, on the set of that show, and like there's a whole big deal about that if you want to look. But did you guys know she's the former daughter of a uh, Aerosmith guitarist? She, uh, she's the oh, daughter. Really? She's the daughter of a former Aerosmith guitarist. Which one? Rick. Is it Rick Dufay? Mm, I'm not familiar with him. Yeah. Is he the rhythm guitarist? I don't know. I don't know either. <laughs> Do I fucking write for Rolling Stone? I'm on a fucking pop culture leftovers podcast. <laughs> Jesus Christ. She also know. dated Derek Jeter, right? Do, do I work for ESPN? I, I don't <laughs> This is not TMZ, guys. <laughs> hey, it's news, right? Yeah, I know. I, guys, I'm just <laughs> It's just it was an interesting fact. I don't <laughs> yeah, okay, yeah, she dated Derek Jeter and Who didn't? Right? <laughs> All right, so in Almost Human, it's the year 2048. Technology and science, they make huge advancements, which are now being used by violent, faceless crime syndicates. Unknown drugs and weapons, they are now flooding the streets and schools. Cities are overrun with crime, and now to try and even the odds, they team a human detective with an advanced combat model android. Uh, crime is now up 400%. Um, and I, I don't know about you guys, but I did see, like, it's a crazy crime element. Can we go into spoilers into the on this? Do you guys want to go into spoilers on this? Oh, yeah. Let's oh, go yeah. into spoilers Spoiler. on this. Um, we can definitely go into spoilers on this. But first, before we go into spoilers and plot details and things like that, I want to know what everybody thought about the show. Um, you know, I, of course, I want us to rate it, toss it, Tupperware, uh, toss it, taste it, or Tupperware. Um, who, who wants to go first and give like kind of like their ratings on the show and, and, and things like that? I just like to know. I'll, I'll go. Sure. I, I have no problem doing it. And this is, um, guys. The, one of the big things about this show is like anytime somebody talks in the show, nobody knows who the fuck is talking. Now that we've got new, <laughs> now that we've got new people talking on the show, this is Alil, and this is his thoughts on um, uh, on the uh, almost human pilot, and I think episode two. Everybody watched episode two as well. Yeah, that was called Skin. Okay, um, nice. Um, I really liked it. I want to say I want to say Tupperware, but I don't want to give that high of a rating after two episodes. So I'm going to say it tasted for most people. Yeah, um, it was to me. It was kind of it was kind of weird. The right right when you watch the the episode, I I, I felt that it was a hybrid of of things I've seen before. Um, it felt to me like uh, like iRobot meets Minority Report. Um, but I, but I really enjoyed it. I thought the characters were were really really well developed for a for a one hour show right off the bat. Um, I, Carl Urban was great. I mean, I, I was you know when when this first when I saw the first trailers of this, I wasn't sure if this was going to be a show I'd watch. Um, you know, just you know, time constraints are so much out there, um, and I'm I'm glad I did. Um, so I'm gonna I'm gonna say right now I'm gonna say taste it for sure. Uh, but it's probably going to be a, uh, end up being a Tupperware. 
Okay, cool. So we got a Tupperware. All right, toss it. Taste it. <laughs> I gave it two ratings. Whatever. jeez. Oh, we got to taste it. We got one tasted. And, uh, and a confused uh, leftover. Who wants to go next? Okay, I'll go next. Right on. Um, and this is Steve. Um, yeah, this is Steve. And I'm talking about the Almost Human first two episodes. I'm going to agree with Alul and give it a taste it. Um, I had some issues with the with the with the show. It was really, it, but just like Sons of Anarchy, it was really fun. I like the humor. Um, I, I like the 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 back and forth that you get with the two main characters. But there was just some 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 questions and some stuff that I that I had to say about it that I'm sure we'll get into a little bit later. But for right now, it's a taste. It. Okay. What do you think, Dave? Oh, uh, it was without a doubt a Tupperware for me, man. I love that thing from start to finish. Like, I was skeptical at first, and then as soon as he pushes the robot partner out of the car, getting run over by the traffic, I was hooked from that moment forward. I love the concepts applied. Uh, the real, the, the, I love that they use the total recall rule of if you're hooked into a, a machine that is trying to access your old memories, that the woman you love will, without a doubt, always turn against you. I love that. That, that homage to that classic uh, literature and movie and um, I can't wait for more. I thought Carl Urban uh, was phenomenal. I really, really liked how he started out more mechanical than the, the android partner and then his feeble attempts to try to connect to people. Uh, the scenes with the kids in the second one were great. The scene where he gave the giraffe to the small boy really endeared me to the character and I like Dorian as well his his very uh, he is more humane in some ways than the main character he is trying to empathize and is believable in that way like when he politely reminds him over and over in the first episode I don't like that term I don't like that term I really really love the show Tupperware it all the way Okay, yeah, real quick before I go into that, you know, okay, Dave is talking about Dorian. Michael Ely plays Dorian, and uh, Michael Ely is a uh, an android. Uh, in this show, he's, he's a DRM, which was part of uh, what's called Project Soul. It's supposed to uh, basically make these androids more human than, you know, the other androids that have been out there. That their androids are kind of just all about logic and uh I don't know. They're all they're they're to the book. They're company. They're just functions. Yeah. They're just recording devices and muscles. Right. Now Project Soul these Project Soul, these DRMs, like they try to understand, they try to be human. They have emotions. They're the whole goal is to feel and to feel human. And uh so um, I'm also going to give this a Tupperware. This show, I mean, guys, okay, number one, just aside from the, you know, the story and everything, look at the budget on this thing and look at the special effects that they put into this show. This looks like a movie. I yeah, mean, I, comple- I completely agree with that. That's, that's, I was going to go with that after we talked because I couldn't believe the budget on this movie. Uh, on show. This show. Exactly. I'm saying movie. It looks uh, like a movie, though. Show. I mean, yeah. And that's why I was comparing it to all those movies because I'm like, we're, we're talking about movies that cost 150, 200 million to make, and it looks the same, right? Um, and I'm guessing that's where you get the Abrams name on it because they kind of, they kind of remind me of the, the some of the budget that they had for uh, his other show that used to be on Fox Fringe. 
because I thought that had a bigger budget than most for for a show like that. Um, and I think that's I think that's that's why they got the money because of Abrams' name on it. The, 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 what sets okay number one like I love the the production value. The production value is fantastic. Uh, the other thing that I really like about this is the two people that they have starring in this. You've got Carl Urban. I mean, he, he the guy does movies, and here he is doing a regular TV show. Michael Ealy. I mean, this guy, when you watch this show, he's the android. Who's more emotive in this? Looking at their faces, it's all in their eyes. Like, Michael Ealy is so emotive, and he's an android. He's more emotive than Carl Urban is in this. And I'm not trying to take anything away from Carl Urban. I'll tell you one thing. My favorite comic book adaptation movie of all time is Dread. I think it captures that comic book 100%. My favorite comic book movie of all time is Avengers. But as far as an adaptation... Dread, hands down. That movie was amazing. Thought, saw it in the theater. I own it now on Blu-ray. Got my girlfriend hooked on it. I love it. Carl Urban was fantastic in that movie. He's fantastic in this show. The chemistry between those two characters is fantastic. I'm glad that they didn't spend too much time with these guys not getting along. I thought that's what this show is going to be about. You know, I thought it was going to be about, you know, two cops getting together and then fighting the whole time. And then, see, you that, know, that was one of my issues. I kind of, I, I, on the other hand of that, I kind of wanted more of that. I kind of wanted, I mean, that, he was so quick just to throw that one right out of the car at the get go and, and then by the end of the first episode, he's like having a heart to heart with one. I don't know. It just I, I was kind of hoping for more. You know, I did. Yeah, well, but it, but the way they overcame that was pretty amazing. Okay, first off, at the beginning of the show, you see uh, him and he gets his leg blown off. Okay, during that when they're ambushed. Yeah. Okay, and it's gruesome. I mean. His partner's yeah, that killed. Was pretty, that was pretty yeah, crazy. His, yeah, his partner's killed. You've got this future grenade tech. It blows his leg off. Okay? He's going into shock. Now they show him later on. They give him this synthetic leg. Okay? So right there, that was – okay, he doesn't feel human because he's got this synthetic leg that always makes him feel like he's not a man. And it's always failing on him. It's like trying to like regenerate and update and all this other stuff and, and it stops. And for him, he doesn't feel like he's 100% a man yet. And then you've got this android on the other hand that's an android and he's not like, you know, 100% a man either. So then he's like, the android tells him later on like, hey, you know, you can make that feel better with olive oil. Yeah, no, I, I and they connected them. with that. You know what I mean? It's like th- they find different ways to connect. I, I agree with you that. Know, I, I thought that, I thought them them with those those short scenes told a lot. You know, with them how how they reacted to each other. Right. You know, in the beginning when he was you know Android off, Android you know whatever or synthetic off, synthetic off, and I think that's why it, that's why it worked, and that's why I didn't need them to. You know, go back and forth. I, I think you know, Kenix was able to tell that you know that Dorian was different. He wasn't right. just like the other synthetics. You exactly. Know, you could see that he was completely different. Um, just in, you know, just in the way they talked to each other, and you know, when they were you know, when he was talking, you know, the the little jokes of the online dating profile. I mean, that it, was great. It all worked. That um, was great. I, I, think... I wanted. Well, more... I, I just. I also hope that it doesn't turn into one of those. Um... <clears throat> 
bad guy a week things too though you know i like to see the the continuous storylines that play out and even if there is an obstacle to overcome every episode you know i just don't want it to fall into that early x-files formula you know what i mean yeah the Going back to a little something like you said, I, I really thought that it was cool. Like, um, you know, like you you mentioned how uh, somebody mentioned earlier how you know he pushed the one uh, android out of the door because he was going to report him. And what made Michael Ely's Dorian android different was he said at one point in time is like, if I report you, it's because I feel like I need to report you. You know, he's exactly. not, he's, yeah. yeah, he's not doing it because like, you know, oh, you have crossed some sort of like uh protocol that you cannot, yeah. you know. that program too. Exactly, exactly. And Michael Ely, you can just tell from the beginning, his Dorian, his Dorian character is totally different from those other ones. Um, I, what did you guys think about the future tech in this? Did you think it was very cool future tech? Because like I saw some really cool future tech in the Total Recall movie that came out. But that movie did not perform well for me at all. But I really enjoyed, like, you know, like the DNA bomb in the hotel when there was DNA in that room at, with the with the uh, what was it the, the sex bot, right? And then they yeah, threw the. I D- actually thought that was going to be that bomb when they said it was a DNA bomb. I actually thought when when you saw it go off, you know, before I thought maybe it was kind of a bomb that that cleaned the DNA, not just you know covered it with. Right, kinds different kinds. Of I, I thought that too. Thought was really interesting. Yeah. Well, I like what I like about the show is that every everything they use is the advancement of technology is now being used to exploit other people. It's all it's it's not like in Star Trek where we advance our technology and we use it to uplift the human race. No, technology advances and we fu- we use it to find more interesting ways to screw other people over. Yeah. I thought that was uh, yeah. so yeah. spot on. Well, they said... Technology advances and crime's up 400%. Crime's up 400%. Yeah, exactly. I thought it made it believable in a way that most sci-fi shows really struggle to attain. The, the application of technology. Do you guys think that these androids are going to be a big problem? Like, like not the DRM models per se. Do you think that the other androids, the ones that are all about, you know, like protocol and like, you know what I mean? Do you think that they're going to be a problem later on? Because like there is a point at the beginning where they're on the streets and they're fighting and the one, okay, Carl Urban's partner is injured and they've got the android there with them. And he's asking the android to help him. That android actually says that he feels that he has a statistically better chance of winning the mission by helping another group and leaving them. Yeah, to, or to to save them because they they have a, a better chance of survival. Right, and that's where I was. And that's where I was getting. I don't know if you guys have seen the the Will Smith movie I Robot. I have. Um, yeah, and that's where I was getting with my feeling of that because Shia LaBeouf's best performance. By the way, I'm just <laughs> fucking with you. Go on. He's in that I, movie, I, though. I would have said Charlie's Angels Part 2, but that's, that's just me. Um, okay. <laughs> I'll, I'll give it to you. <laughs> but no, but, uh, you know, because, you know, it, it, it was really similar to that because, you know, Will Smith did not like the robots because, you know, they were leaving, you know, people behind when he was trying to save the one person in the car because and he was saving Will Smith because he had a better probably, a probability of survival. Right. And, you know, just, just that whole kind of, it just, it gave me that same kind of feel that 
that these things eventually either are going to turn on on the two officers, our, ma- our main heroes, or something's going to happen with this technology that you know the bad guys um, are going to be able to you know, use them, them to their advantage. Yeah, that's the thing. Like, it's I don't want to see it go that way. That's just see like if we're able to think about that right now. Like, I don't want to see the story go that way. And I also don't want to see, like, Dorian get taken over either. Seems like an easy an easy route to do something like that. Really, it does. Um, I just don't want to see them, like, do some of the, some of the things, like, that we're already guessing that they could, they could do. Um, the comedy was great. I thought the, uh, the interactions between the characters was fantastic. I, I thought that the, the tech was cool. I liked the, that, what was that, the spray on their faces so they couldn't be seen by the surveillance cameras? Oh, the mask? Yeah, that yeah, was pretty awesome. Mask. That was awesome. Yeah, that, 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 that was amazing. Um, and, and even like the blue lights on Dorian's face, like when he was like downloading information, you could see like the blue lights lighting up in his face and things like that. I, I thought that was very cool. Um, and you mentioned earlier that dating site. That was a funny scene. I, I really enjoyed that. You know, him having a date and you can see like, you can already see like, I could see like from the very first time that like, uh, uh, Carl Urban looked at Minka Kelly's character. What was her name? Valerie Stalm or something like that. When he first looked at her, you could tell between her and him there was an instant attraction. I would like to get to know Lily Taylor's character more, the the chief. Yeah, I, I'm familiar with her. Yeah, I as really an liked that those scenes where she showed she's in control, she has the best interest of these characters at heart. I really liked that character and would like to see that character develop more. She only trusts Carl Urban is what she said. And, I mean, she was the one who pushed him to come back. Uh, when a lot of people didn't want to see him come back to the force. But I mean, really, he's the only one that she can trust because, like, you know, he was the one that was attacked by that, you know, criminal syndicate. He got his leg blown off for crying out loud. I mean, he has, um, every reason to want to go after those people. Um, what did you guys think about the whole subplot with the ex-girlfriend? How, do you think that's going to be a big part of this story? Yeah, I, I think that's going to be the, the the season's entire rope you know with with that yeah i mean because you could tell just that you know at the end of the first episode you know he's watching the you know the uh her voice message and again that's where i get the the minority report feel but yeah um you know he's watching her voice message and then deletes it and it's like you know because you know she's part of i I forgot what they were called were they uh insurgents um whatever whatever they called them i forgot what their their name was yeah um but you know that's going to be, and I know you know Steve said about you know the the bad guy of the week. But you know every one of these types of series has a few of those filler episodes before they get to the main plot. Because I even think the episode two with Skin. I mean, those guys weren't anything to do with that main terrorist group that that blew off um, Kenix's leg in the first uh, first episode. I mean, it's just it's just what's going to happen. Um, but I, I do think that that's going to play out. I, I think that's that's going to be probably our big season finale or season cliffhanger. Um, well, it's definitely worth sticking around for. You know, it's definitely worth waiting and to see where it goes. I mean, it's it's there's there's a huge amount of potential to go to be a great show. So, yeah. But okay, do you guys want to see this be a twenty four episode season, or do you want to see this be more kind of like a thirteen episode, sixteen episode season with less filler episodes? Oh, man, 
it's there, it seems like those 24 or 22 episode seasons are it's like it feels like so much more of a commitment you know it's like it does that much more time yeah there's already so little time there's so much right you know, so much entertainment out there to, to consume it's you got to like you know pick and choose what you want what what you got to weigh what you like more than other things and i agree I mean, it, it, if the story warrants it great but if it's just for filler episodes i mean i don't think anybody wins in that scenario guys i i like I, I really enjoy arrow but i mean it's 24 seasons at 24 episodes i mean it's 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 hard i mean it's hard to keep watching every week and especially with them being hour-long episodes i'd be yeah happy. they're not half-hour shows they're right hour shows give me give me give me get like okay give me uh eight episodes give me a break Give me another eight episodes, just like they do with The Walking Dead. Even honestly, I think The Walking Dead sixteen episodes is too long. I wish they'd go back to thirteen. I, I think quality always beats quantity. Thank you. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. I yeah. agree. I, I agree with that. I mean, it's kind of how you know a show that's no longer around, but I, I love Burn Notice. Started out, it was really short, as I used to call them, micro seasons. Yeah, you might get it in the summer. You'd get it over. You would get it over the the holiday break when all the shows go on hiatus. Yeah, here we go. I get burn notice now for two months. I get eight episodes. Falling skies. To keep the show going. Yeah, exactly. Just like that. I mean, you get these off. And I'm not saying that that almost human has to do that, but I'm just saying you get you know you get these micro seasons where it's you know if I, if I'm you're, like you're right, but. The thing is, I don't mind a few filler episodes because I I really enjoy the second episode, and to me, that's that episode um, um, didn't move the the overall story, but it was a good developing episode for for their partnership and, and their growth because you saw you know them talking about um, you know him with kids, him developing um, with that relationship, uh, Dorian. Asking those questions like, "How do you tell a kid if you know if his parents are dead?" And I, I like that. I guess that development. So I don't mind a filler episode if if there's that additional development in the characters that we're that we're learning to love. Yeah, but you, but yeah, I mean, yeah, I th- I think all these, I think every TV series needs to start going into this because yeah, you're and there's so much fluff out there in between that it's it, it's just too much, and that's that's why. They're not keeping ratings anymore like they used to. I mean, all we're doing now is DVRing them and uh-huh. you know watching yeah. fast forward. Yeah, it's okay for a, for a sitcom, but for like an hour long drama, I think you know thirteen to sixteen episodes makes a lot more sense. I, I honestly, I wouldn't have like I, kind of like going back to what you're saying. I wouldn't mind having a filler episode just getting to know Dorian. I, I, dude, I don't know about you, but I think Dorian Dorian stole the show for me. I, I he's becoming one of my favorite androids only after two episodes. Um, I mean, you know, I, I've got I love Bishop from the Aliens. I loved uh, you know David from Prometheus, and now I'm falling in love with. Uh, I'm actually I'm, I'm and a Data, of course. But I'm but I'm but I'm falling in love with Dorian. I, I love this character so far. He he's so emotive. I mean, Michael Ely is fantastic. I, I think and just the chemistry that that him and Carl Urban are having in this show is just it's blowing me away. I think that's the big draw is the the two those two together. Like I didn't even really care about like some of the crap that was going on between like the crime syndicate. It was the scenes with like Michael Ely and Carl Urban hanging out together talking. I, I could a whole show of them two just driving around. Yeah, you notice how like none of us remember exactly what the villains were <laughs> named, but we 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 know that that Dorian was just gold every scene he was right. in not since 
six from Battlestar Galactica have I thought somebody pulled off the character that is completely self-aware that it is not human, but is very infatuated with the concept of being more human. Yeah. Yeah, very yeah, good. And they very they good have point. a lot of cool things they can do with Dorian too as the season goes. You know, he could he's supposed to learn you know, he's supposed to be able to feel, so you know, having him express some raw emotion at certain points would be really cool to see from an android, you know. Yeah, absolutely. They said that like these DRMs, they can actually like they can go crazy. They can break just like a person. So that's that's yeah. scary. I, mean, I, I don't yeah, that I think that would that that's going to be a, a cool moment to get to. That raises the question: Is when you break one to that point, can you bring them back? Because we've seen like characters that have gone through like this post-traumatic stress disorder in these movies that we talked about earlier. They've been able to come back from it. Okay, something can bring them back. Can something bring back an android? Well, I wonder if we'll get the story of. Remember how he said he's a cop, he's a cop, but then he said that the last thing I was doing was welding up in space or something? Yeah. Well, he got sent there for a reason. Like, they didn't want to deactivate him, they wanted to use him. Somebody sent him up there because he probably had that breakdown and needed the isolation of doing that. I would love to see that story. You know what? There might be flashbacks. Yeah. Yeah. Guys, I, I'm on board with this show, so I, I'm glad that we got two taste it's two Tupperwares. Sounds like we're all on board. I think uh, episode three is tonight. I know I've got it DVR'd. I'm going to keep watching the show. I want to see how the show progresses. Yep, I got it DVR'd too. I'll be watching it later. Fantastic. Hey, guys, let's take a little break. Um, we'll come back and we'll do some news. Okay. Sounds good. All right. Hey, and we're back. We're going to start going over some of the news segments that were uh, popular news from the last week or two since we didn't have a show last week. Um, but uh, the first thing I wanted to really talk about um, was, and this is kind of a big deal right now, is the that AMC, you know, remember when they, they introduced, they, t- they started talking about the Walking Dead spinoff show. Um, and... It, at first, all they've told us is that it deals with a new corner of the Walking Dead universe uh, with an entirely new story and cast of characters. Now, when they first said that, were you guys believing that? Like, that's what they were going to do? Yeah, I did. Okay. Yeah, I mean, why I, I, I not? Yeah. I, think, I think it's easy for them to just say, here's, you know, the start again and, and toss it... Uh, Toss into a you know different state, a different section of the country. I mean, who, who you know who even knows? I, I think they could have you know. I, I, that's what I thought that they were going to do. And possibilities are limitless when you start something new. Right. Try and connect it to the existing already. You're already running into problems. Yeah. Well, okay. The, what I thought, I thought that that's what they're going to do because they've had such good luck with the original show, and 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 recently a character has been. Uh, I'm not going to get into spoilers. We're going to talk. We're going to have a mid-season review next week. Okay. But there, there was a character recently that has that has left the group. You guys know who I'm talking about, correct? Correct. Okay. I, I thought I thought that the spinoff show was going to be about this character's journey. Oh. Do you see what I'm saying? I mean, yeah. because very popular character leaves, and I thought that that this spinoff show, I thought they were going to capitalize on that, and then it was going to be that character's journey. 
that, that's what I thought. And uh, even I didn't care what they said. I mean, you know, they can say what they want to say. I mean, we've learned the Breaking Bad uh, show that they're going to do Better Call Saul. First, they were saying it was going to be what the events a prequel. Now they're showing. Now they're saying that you know people might want to see what happens after Breaking Bad. So they don't know if they're going to do a prequel or if they're going to do like post Breaking Bad. So <laughs> I want to see that. I want to see Saul's uh, <laughs> his new life. Well, and, and and that's that's what test audiences and people have been saying. That's what they want to see. So now they've got like they've got they've got writers ready to go on either story. And I think at this point, AMC is just desperate to get something else out there because their trifecta is gone. Okay, they had the trifecta. Mad Men, Breaking Bad, Walking Dead. Well, Breaking Bad's gone. Mad Men's going to end, and now they're stuck with Walking Dead. So, okay, what are they going to do? Oh, they're going to do the spinoff. That seems to be the popular things to do right now, okay? What just got announced a few weeks ago? Okay, How I Met Your Mother is a huge freaking show. It's gone on nine seasons. What just got announced that the, uh, CBS is ordering a pilot for? How I Met Your Father. Why? Because nobody, everybody's scared to venture into something new. Just like they're, they're, they're scared to venture into like getting rid of two and a half men. For crying well, out loud. Get rid of the show. Charlie Sheen left. You don't need to have Ashton Kutcher come in there. Yeah, but with stuff with like uh, How I Met Your Father and the way Breaking Dead's been off, it's more, it's all, not only is it cashing in on what's there and afraid to venture out, but it's universe building too. After the success of the Avengers, I mean, everybody wants to build universes and it's all about connecting everything. And that's, you know, that's a big part of what they're doing too. That makes sense in the comic book world though. Yeah, but when is it universe building and when is it just beating a dead fucking horse? Yeah, okay, hey, hey, yeah, I that. liked Friends back in the 90s just like the next guy, but Joey can suck a dick. I mean, seriously, <laughs> that you, for every okay, for uh, you, you're not going to have every show turn out to be Frasier. Frasier was fantastic. Well, you had Cheers, and then you had Frasier. It was fantastic. Yeah, but, and how, yeah. how many have tried, and how many you know how many have failed? You know, exactly. It's, it's, it's one, one in yeah. If, if they're lucky, one in twenty. Okay, that they're going to have a spinoff that that worked, and, and so, Frasier, right? What, what was that one? I mean, I, I you're right. I mean, yeah. Joey, all these other things that have come off these other shows, it, it's it's rare. I mean, it's rare unless they do something completely, completely different. I mean, yeah, you know, most people say, and I, and I don't know if you guys, you know, watched Perfect Strangers, but Family Matters was technically a spinoff of Perfect Strangers that worked, but it was such a minor character. The, the problem is, is they're trying to take major characters and right. do spinoffs, and, right? And you can't do that. I mean, because you've they've already. You've already seen them live their life on this show. You, right. If they want to do that, and that's why, you know, with The Walking Dead, I thought that they were going to go in that route with, you know, here's the, you know, this is what we've seen. We've watched these guys now. Let's go completely on the other side of the country. You know, let's go up to like Washington or even Alaska and see how the zombie apocalypse is happening up there, you know, 30 days a night style, you know, something, something completely off the wall. Which which could work, but if if it's just going in and following another major character in a in a new adventure, I think it's just going to be a big bomb. I don't think that's what they're going to do now. TV line no. TV line is saying that the show is going to actually going to reveal the early days of the zombie epidemic when there were still more humans than the undead, and they were working on a way to contain it. Um, I like that the first time when it was called World War Z, but anyway. They, well, not only that, but you kind of know how it ends. 
Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah, there's, there's no. Yeah, there's no tension. They're not going to win, so there's no point in doing that. I now, mean, it's yeah, they've stated that it's not going to be connected to the comic book. It will not be connected to Georgia, but this is going to be 100% Robert Kirkman. So this that's the good thing. It's like kind of like saying, hey, we're going to have a Harry Potter story, but we're going to give it to somebody other than J.K. Rowling. That's not the case here. They're saying we're going to give this to Kirkman. But, guys, do we really want to see how the zombie epidemic broke out? Those flashback scenes, some of the cool parts of The Walking Dead is just the mystery, the not knowing. It's the character development. I don't really care to see how it broke out, honestly. I think maybe it's given away too much. Like, sometimes you don't want to see, like, how the bad – like, who wants to know how the Joker became evil? Sometimes it's just cooler to know that he's an evil guy. Same thing with Hannibal. It's just cooler to know that this guy's psychotic. I don't really need to know how, you know, Jason became to be Jason. It's just nice to know that he's crazy. You know what I mean? We don't need to know yeah. everything. Some of the mystery is part of what intrigues me into these shows. I don't need to know how to, like – solve the you know the zombie epidemic and i don't really need to know how it started either it's just it, well, yeah and that's not that hasn't been a major plot point for the show is how it started so i mean the, the making a new show about that would be like begging us to care about something that isn't really a big deal that's not why we're invested in the show now it's the people it's the characters right yeah exactly, it's the situation yeah. they're in currently it's not it's not how they got there you know what yeah, I mean? it's dealing with the situation not how the situation happened i mean yeah, and the, the thing that doesn't make sense with them doing a, a prequel with that, is, is like like we said, I mean, how 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 long can they drag this out? I mean, if if people already think that there's too much fluff, I mean, that's all that this show is going to be because we know we know the end game, and it's just nobody's going to watch this. I mean, I, if that's the route that they go, you know, I, I just don't see it happening. I see the only way that this would work is you know if they did that spinoff where. You know, they, they give us a cast to care about and we're watching them survive. You know, yeah, we're, you know, things are going to go crazy. Maybe we find a few, you know, just like they did in the beginning when, you know, when they were at the lab, you know, in, in season uh, one. CDC, when they were at the CDC. Yeah, in the Georgia. CDC. Thank you. Yeah. When you found out little tidbits, maybe, you know what? You give us another little tidbit with the spinoff. But no, don't don't you know? Show us the scientists in the lab if that's how they're going to go. You well, know, can't the, they do this in the webisodes? Can't they do I mean, this like, in the webisodes? What, what, like what about like a mini series or something? You know, like a, like a quick five episodes. Or six well, they episodes. already have the webisodes. Why can't they just yeah. do this in the webisodes? Do we really have to? Do they really have to have an entire show dedicated to the how the epidemic broke out, or is this just a yeah. fucking cash grab? It's a cash grab. Toss it. 100%. 100%. What do you think, Dave? Is it um, a cash grab? Or, is that, or do you think Robert Kirkman has another story to tell? I, I, As evidenced by the Walking Dead video game. I don't know if you've played it. No, I haven't. I'm, uh, I have. I've played it. Okay. I've played 400 days. Okay. You, you know what I'm talking about. It, it seemed like to me that there was stuff that they wanted to explore because – your main character in that video game, um, it was weird because this whole epidemic was actually an opportunity for redemption for him. Mm-hmm. And uh, without going into detail about it all, okay. like if it was that story, 
I would love to see that. I would watch every oh, episode yeah. of that. But you've seen it in the oh. game. Do you need to see it played out? But what, what I'm saying is no, that yeah, please there, explain. Are, there, are, there are other stories that can be told as evidenced by the Walking Dead video game. It was released in episodes over okay. Xbox Live and then compiled together and released. Uh, I played it after it was all done. Uh-huh. And um, I, I didn't know if we could go back to the well because I was a big reader of the comic book. Yes. I loved the comic book. Uh, but then it got to the point uh, with issue 100 yeah. where I didn't have anybody left that I could cheer for or root for that I wanted to read the adventures of anymore. And so I would love for them to tell a new story with no connection to anybody, you know, maybe a different part of the world. I would love it to see that new story told because The Walking Dead isn't about zombies. It's about people. Yeah. So I I would like to remain hopeful on this. Uh Uh-huh. And... Freeze it. Freeze it. Good call. Okay. This this is my maybe a, <laughs> this is maybe one of those instances. Thank you, Lee. Lee was one of our listeners that uh, you know he said something like uh, you know maybe in certain cases uh, until something comes out we can freeze it. Uh, me personally, I think this is uh, I think it's a cash grab. I think it's a cash grab. I don't know if. Robert Kirkman has another story to tell when it comes to this. I know Robert Kirkman, I love his comic book work, and I know he's got this new like uh, exorcism book that's coming out. That's what I'm interested to see. I'm not interested to see more Walking Dead. There's already been one Walking Dead. I don't need to see any more. I don't need to see a prequel. I've seen the Star Wars prequel. They let me down. I've seen prequels in other things, in other movies. They've always let me down. Uh, I don't need to see it in The Walking Dead. I don't think that they're going to be able to make a prequel that's going to be like, oh, wow, holy crap, you just blown me away. Dave, I hope you're right. I hope they're listening to the podcast because if you're right and they can make a prequel for this and, and make it to the – make it make me care about these characters about – because like I, we already know what happens. We already know what happens in Georgia. If you can make me care about characters in another state or whatever – that's cool, whatever. But I, I just I, I can't see them doing that. I don't know. I just can't see it happening. Now, now Dave, with the video game, I don't, you don't have to go into a lot of detail. Was it was it a prequel or was it just a different story? Because I know you said that your main character, the he was he was um, you know you're trying to get redemption. Um, was was this having to tie into you know how the outbreak happened, or was this just something completely different? And you were going off and you know, living living life in, in the zombie world. Well, um, the the shit had gone down, and it wasn't in the opening days as far as I could tell. Uh, so the exact timeline, I, I didn't ever feel was very well established. I was way more drawn in by the characters, uh, Clementine especially. If they could translate that character uh, into... A narrative on that spinoff uh, doesn't have to be the exact same story, but the that character brought in what Carl never ever did in the TV show. Mm-hmm. You guys have not read the comic book, I assume. No, no. I, I have. I've I've read the first uh, first few, and then I've. Uh, recently picked it back up again here. I've, I've gotten a couple old issues, uh, 
but uh, yeah, I, I have not read the whole thing. I'm 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 still probably closer to where the show is now um, than I than I am with uh, issue 100. Well, the 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 comic book has a Carl character that is far more uh, engaging, in my opinion, than the television show. And that may just be the limits of the young man playing the character. But mm-hmm. I don't, I don't feel that the producers thought that they could trust um, the ch- the child that is playing Carl to make the choices and pull off the choices that the comic book narrative had, and the the show greatly suffered for it. Luckily, the show had Norman Reedus, Daryl Dixon to really pick up the slack. And pull in the audience. None of the characters, though, from the comic book have actually translated well over to the TV show, in my opinion. Not not a lot of them. I mean, like, Andrea never turned into the characters that she was in the comic. I mean, she never became that character. I mean, we kept waiting for it and waiting for it and waiting for it, and it never happened. And same thing with uh, Rick. I mean, he's still not where he is in the comic. Well, it's more of a homogenized version with several. It characters. really is. It it's really is. Rare. I agree with that. It's it's blanded down. Like Glenn, you know, he's he plays it a lot safer. Uh huh. Um, yeah. Rick isn't nearly as <laughs> can, on the edge. Can you agree with me though that the last showrunner did not get the governor, and I think this one is fixing him. Scott Gimple completely. Is, thank you. Scott Gimple is fixing the governor. Uh, that's all. That, well, that's all I've got to say. We're going to have a mid-season review next week, but I, I will say that Scott Gimple, I think he started off a little clunky this season with the first maybe four or five episodes, but these last three, four episodes have been phenomenal. I'm going to say, the, the last one for for me that was before we met Brian Harriet. Yeah. Uh, the last one in the prison was, mm. in my opinion, the best episode I've seen since season one. Did you read Rise of the Governor? Yes. Okay. Now, does that introduce? Can we? Go, well, should we shut up? Well, let's talk about it next week. Let's talk about it. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Let's talk about it. Yeah, I'm gonna say we're gonna be doing this three more hours. If yeah. We, if we yeah. Go Guys, I don't want to give away spoilers for people that haven't read Rise of the Governor. So, yeah. okay. All right. Let, let's talk a little bit more about AMC. We're gonna talk about more Walking Dead next week, but more AMC. Two more things AMC related. Number one, a few weeks ago, I talked about how uh, AMC, you know, basically canceled the killing. Uh, well, The Killing is coming back for a fourth season. It's going to be on wow. Netflix, though, this time. So, I think Is it a that, shorter season, too? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I think that this is the third time that the show has been brought back to life, no pun intended. But, I mean, it's been killed, I think, three times now. My girlfriend loves this show. And it, like, it got canceled, I think this is three times. Is it like a returning cast? Yeah. Man, then it's like they're just whoever hires them is just going to know they can do whatever they want. They can fire them, hire them. They'll just they'll be there. It doesn't matter. <laughs> it's truth in advertising at its heart. You're killing gluttons for punishment. Yeah. Now uh, this next bit it comes from uh, Badass Digest. AMC has ordered a pilot for the Garth Ennis and Steve Dillon comic book series Preacher. Uh, this is what I kind of talked about like the last few weeks is like I felt that AMC needed to work on their original programming. Um, give me just one second here. I'll be right back. 
<laughs> and I'm back. All right. <laughs> yeah, baby. All right. It's uh, mass hysteria over here. Um, Badass Digest. Uh, AMC has ordered a pilot for the Garth Ennis and Steve Dillon comic book series Preacher. I, I kind of talked about AMC needing to, you know, get some more original programming, and it looks like since they've ordered a pilot uh, for the comic book series Preacher, that's kind of like what they're doing. Just because they ordered a pilot does not mean that it's going to get picked up. Okay. Now, uh, if you're not familiar with uh, Preacher, the lead character in Preacher is a small town Texas preacher whose best friend is an Irish junkie uh, is an junkie Irish vampire named Cassidy, and uh, is possessed of a godlike power called Genesis, which came from the pairing between an angel and a demon. It allows him to command a person to do anything with absolute authority. He then travels the country in search of God in order to fight him. Teamed with a badass ex-girlfriend, Tulip O'Hare, Preacher the comic has very gory violence and other dark and controversial issues, such as religious and racial subject matters that are really going to push the limits of the censors, especially since we're talking about AMC. Um, Now, Preacher has tried to make its way to movie theaters, but that's never panned out. The best way might be for the story to be seen in live action might be AMC. Uh, AMC definitely needs the new original programming. Uh, But uh, no writer has been attached to the project and no cast. But probably the strangest thing to come out of this news is who's involved now in the project. Seth Rogen and Evan Goldberg, who were responsible for a pop culture leftovers favorite movie, This is the End. Uh, Seth Rogen actually tweeted, quote, seven years of hard work are about to pay off. And then he uh, tweeted, quote, may get to bring one of my favorite stories ever to life. Then he tweeted, Arseface, John Wayne, the Saint of Killers. So, Dave, I know that you're a huge Preacher fan. This is probably your favorite comic book of all time, I believe. Guilty as charged. Okay, so what are your thoughts on this? Do you think that Preacher is something that AMC should pursue? Or do you think this would be better suited for maybe a network like Showtime, HBO? Well, um, the subject matter of Preacher revolves around Jesse Custer. Now, if you see the symbolism of the initials, the material is going to be incendiary if it stays true to the comic book. Garth Ennis is, if you've read any of his material, is somebody who doesn't pull any punches whatsoever. The likelihood of seeing a true-to-the-storyline TV series, uh, true-to-the-original vision of the comic book that is not on a premium pay channel okay very unlikely okay you you have um, so we're gonna get a watered down version of preacher yeah if you if you keep it on preacher light it's going to it's going to have to be because like when he attains the word of God which is what they call it uh-huh. he the main character has the word of God right so he when he attains this power when Genesis essentially possesses him uh-huh. at the at, in in the first issue it kills every single member of of this town who are all in church that Sunday morning everybody dies and 
the just the the concept of every man, woman, and child who lives in a town dies on Sunday morning in church uh-huh. immediately. I think AMC is going to be like, whoa, 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 wait, wait, we're we're doing this, we're doing what? So, uh, to to me, a better sell. I would highly, I I would find it highly likely for AMC to again homogenize the original source material. Do you think it's just because people dying in church? Because, I mean, look, think about it. Okay, AMC's already done a show where everybody in the world pretty much, I'd say, you know, 80, 75 to 80% of the population is walking around uh, rotting as uh, corpses and going around and killing each other. I mean, you know, okay, Walking Dead's a pretty violent show. Well, the reason everybody is in church that day uh-huh. is because the night before... Um, in the one local bar in uh-huh. town, the preacher goes in and gets drunk and basically tells God and everybody else, fuck you and the cross you rode in on. That's why everybody's in church the next day. So it's highly unlikely that they would remain true to that source of material because of the fact that you would spark so much outrage in any kind of a special interest right. that had any sort of uh, protection of the deities. Now, the fact that Seth Rogen's involved and found a way to incorporate biblical material uh-huh. into a very raunchy comedy gives me hope that they would find a way to sort of filter the story uh-huh. and give it a streamlining that remains true to the comic book, which is all about a British guy writing a story about what he loves about America, but also of what he hates about America. And because of shows like Homeland uh-huh. that deal with the good and the bad of the America that we live in today, the America that where the specter of terrorism might not scare you as much as the people we put in power every day. That is something that it could tap into. Where the in the in the comic book, God has quit on his creation, and Jesse decides he is going to hold God accountable. If they get the right cast, this show could work. Even in a filtered version. I would love to see Billy Burke from Revolution uh-huh. cast as Jesse Custer. Billy Burke, if you're not familiar, plays Miles Matheson. Oh, yeah. He's Revolution. the father from Twilight. Yeah. I think he would be perfect for Jesse. Jesse well, Dave, okay, twi- uh, Revolution, the ratings are going down and down right. and down. I mean, if that show's on its way out, he would be a fantastic it's pickup. It's a stinker. And uh, it, it was great first season. First season. And, no, well, okay, it started off garbage, and it got really good towards the end of the season. Once it focused on him. Yeah, once it focused on him, absolutely. And then the second season, it's been absolute garbage. I and, cannot get into it. And he, he, as long as he can pull off a Texas accent, uh-huh. he's, he's got that character. Okay. Uh, Tulip, his uh-huh. uh, badass gun-toting girlfriend. Right. I want to see Katie Sackhoff, Starbuck from Battlestar Galactica. She looks exactly like the character was drawn in the books Mm -hmm. and I think has the swagger and the 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 looks, you know, not not just the physical but the the manner that 
Tulip has in the comic. Well, you better hope that Marvel doesn't get on the uh, ball and uh, sign her as uh, Captain Marvel in one of the I new Marvel I just find films. it unlikely for them to pull the trigger on, on, a, on, female. A, on, a, on a powerful female character. I just don't at, at see it happening. Point, well, you know, I think that they're going to make the jump before DC. I really do. I think that they're going to get the jump on DC. I hope that they introduce Carol Danvers in one of these new Marvel movies. I, I hope you're right. Okay. Um, and Cassidy. Cassidy uh-huh. is a the character that um, really defies a lot of the cliches of the vampire character. Uh-huh. And the young man who played Fittich, Fittich from Catching Fire. Catching Fire, yeah. Uh, would be perfect. Aquaman. Sam Quaffin. As Aquaman, yeah. Well, as Cassidy. <laughs> If if they don't make an Aquaman movie, which I'm sure he would be very well suited for, I'm sure we would love to spend two hours talking to fish. But no, no, no. I'm not saying an Aquaman movie. I'm saying a Justice League movie. Right on, right on. Well, I, I hope that those are my three dream casting for this project. Uh-huh. But there's no way it it survives intact on AMC, as previously shown by their treatment of the original source material. Would you rather see it on HBO, Showtime, one of those premium channels? I would rather see it on HBO, yes. Okay. I mean, with the work that they've done on Game of Thrones, I mean, high production value and things like that, I agree with you. I agree with you. And if you're going to do the source material any justice, it needs... With that kind of uh, subject matter that they have in that in that comic book, it needs to be on HBO. I I think... Well, it it sounds like there would be some special effects needed, and, you know, HBO will give you a bigger budget. Oh, yeah. AMC is cheap, guys. I mean, they have put their money into John Hamm and Mad Men, and then that has actually made Walking Dead suffer. Yeah. So, yeah, I agree 100% yeah, All the supernatural yeah. elements, it sounds like this show's going to need, you know, it's it's going to cost some money. So. What do you think, yeah, what do you, yeah, what do you think about budget. the what do you think about the budget on this, something like this? Is it going to be that big of a budget? Uh, again, all of the... All practical, of the practical effects or CGI? All, all of the stuff that would require special effects doesn't come till way later in the series. All, all of the stuff that we're talking about, Heaven and Hell and Supernatural, it's, it's just a guy's eyes glowing red when he talks. For the first 20 issues. What, what worries me, though, is that AMC almost seems to cut the budget for these shows every season. I think Walking Dead had a bigger budget the first season back when they had Frank Darabont, and then they cut more money from the, from the second season, third season, and fourth season. These, these you know what I mean? Don't quote me on that, but I, I don't think that they... Uh, even though The Walking Dead's doing so great, I mean, AMC's they've got their rap, they've got their money tied up in John Hamm and Mad Men. I mean, that contract they gave him is ridiculous. Well, I, I hope to see Preacher make it to the small screen, but I would prefer it on my HBO subscription. Right on. Okay, that settles it. Um, let's see here, I, I, guys. I, I had some other stories that I wanted to bring up, but I think we're going to get right into the meat here. I think we need to talk about. Uh, I think we need to talk some DC news. Oh, man, there's so much of it to talk about, too. First off, real quick, I wanted to talk about, before we get to the Man of Steel, I know we're going to talk about Man of Steel, too, but I wanted to talk, and Dave, thank you for the preacher stuff. I mean, you're the you're the expert when it came to that, so I really appreciate that, man. You got it, yeah, brother. thanks, Dave. That was that was a lot of information. Well, oh. well needed. Thank Alil, you. are you still with us? 
I'm still here. Right on. Okay. I, I, I'm just getting ready to look up on uh, on eBay to order some preacher uh, tray paperbacks. Cause that was uh, yeah, money well spent. That, that was pretty interesting. I'm kind of I'm really curious now. Hey, Dave, have you been reading Ten Grand? No. Okay, I'm gonna let you borrow that when I get done with the first five issues here because I think like I think that'll kind of like fill your preacher if you're fiending for something like preacher. It'll scratch the itch. It'll scratch the itch nice. for you, buddy. It's J. Michael Straczynski, which I don't like everything he does, but this is fantastic. I think you'll like Ten Grand. I'll check it out. I've got I've actually converted a few of our listeners to start reading that. So uh, Guillermo del Toro, who we all remember, you know Pan's Labyrinth, which I saw in the theater, I still love to this day. Um, you know, Pacific Rim, of course, which is probably one of the most fun movies I've seen this summer. Uh, but he's confirmed what we've all been thinking about how DC is going to handle their universe. We all thought that there was going to be this expanded universe where all these films will meet in an epic Justice League film. In so many words, it's confirmed now. Uh, now, remember, the director was supposedly rumored to direct Justice League Dark, which stars the characters John Constantine, Swamp Thing, Spectre, Zatanna, and Dead Man. The following quote is from Del Toro. He said, We're still on Justice League Dark, writing, and hopefully it will happen, but there are no developments that are new. It's still at Warner Brothers. They are making plans for the entire DC Universe. All the superheroes, all the mythologies, and part of that is the Justice League Dark. They're planning on TV, movies, and all the media. So we have to fit that into the plan. So, I mean, it, yeah, uh, if, if we can trust Guillermo del Toro, it looks like everything is lo- looking towards an expanded universe. Um, I don't know if you guys read any, like, Justice League Dark or anything like that. Dave, are you reading the new Jeff Lemire series? Yes, sir. How are you enjoying it? I, I have no complaints about the material at this time. Yeah. Uh, I, it's, uh, DC in general is really yeah. losing me. Yeah, well, like, I mean, okay, they can have great stories, and then all of a sudden they have to have an event, yeah, and then that screws up the whole storyline. It's one of those, like, I... I if I see Jeff Lemire's name on the book, I love it. Yeah, I'll give it. I'll give it a shot. I and, got Green Arrow, and then uh, I see, you know, oh, here comes Forever Evil. Here comes yep. Blight, and you got to comes... buy this tie-in. You got to buy this tie-in. You got to buy this tie-in. Well, I just on a lark picked up one of the Trinity of Sin books uh-huh. because it said, you know, Forever Evil tie-in, and I was like, well, uh, you know, I I read the Forever Evil. I thought I'd give it a shot. I'll check out this title. There was one panel who said, one of the characters looked up yeah. and said, oh, do you see what's going on with the moon? Is there an eclipse? And that was it. That how, was, how the fuck is that a tie-in? That, that I, was, I'm paying three, four bucks for that one panel? Yep, that was, fuck you, that DC. Was the fuck you. Time. Anyway, back to the DC universe, the movies. Seriously, that's what it is like, guys. Guys, listen, like, they'll put, like, a, a, like on the on the front of an issue, like, like, uh, like Marvel will have, like, this whole... Uh, this event called infinity and so like there'll be like this infinity issue for like uh you know uh, thunderbolts but there'll be like one panel that ties into it so you bought this whole thunderbolts issue for the, for an infinity tie-in you spent three four bucks for this issue and there's one panel that kind of explains it, it it's a rip-off anyway so can i can i have a sidebar yeah go for it uh this one goes out to jake jake you gave me so much hell when I reviewed Infinity One on the website and tossed it. And I have to eat crow on this one because Jake, you were right. Each issue of Infinity has gotten 
progressively better, and my precious war, Battle of the Atom really petered out and did not stick yeah. the landing. Yeah. If if Hickman can nail the final issue of Infinity yeah. like it looks like he's gonna, yeah, Jake, you were right. I was wrong. My bad. Yeah, you big, me small. Yeah. Thank you, Brian. Yeah, no, you're right on that one. I didn't, I didn't like Infinity One, but I, I was loving Battle of the Atom, and now it's in a complete flip flop. So, uh, let's talk about one movie we know is in development, guys. Uh, DC Warner Brothers Man of Steel Two, Batman versus Superman, whatever the fuck you want to call it. Uh, I was talking to Craig Clifton earlier today. He's one of our listeners, and he was asking me, like, do you really think that you know Batman and Superman are actually going to fight in this one? He thinks that the public is not going to be able to handle that. He doesn't think that that he thinks that the public is just used to like you know uh, super friends, where like you know that everybody perceives them as friends. Well, you know what I mean. I think it's time for the general public to actually get with it. You know, Batman, when they first met, feels that Superman is an alien. He is a threat. He is an alien threat, and he does not trust aliens. So at this point in time, I think that these two are going to be adversaries. What do you guys think? One can only hope. He destroyed his satellite, right? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Among among, among other things, like a major city. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, no, he he's definitely I mean, if Batman's gonna be an older, more grizzled Batman, he's gonna have been through some shit, seen some things. And, you know, Superman coming rolling up and just destroying a, a whole city in, in you know, just a couple of hours, that's gonna be something that's gonna catch his attention. He's probably not gonna be, you know, too jazzed about it. Yeah, exactly. What if there's a threat in Gotham and Superman thinks that he needs to go there? Like Exactly. Well, I mean, if, if I mean, if, if the comics tell us anything, it's you know, it's Gotham and Metropolis. I mean, they're not exactly on the opposite sides of the world. You know, it's the threat's pretty close. Right. Okay. Okay. And at the end of the movie, what? Okay, we saw Zod and Superman crash into a Wayne Enterprises satellite. Yeah. I don't think Batman's going to be too happy that he destroyed his thirty-five million dollars satellite. <laughs> no, no, he's probably not going to be a plus. So during an hour-long, uh, hour-long fan question and answer put on by Warner Brothers and Yahoo Movies, host Kevin Smith talked with Henry Cavill, Zack Snyder, and Amy Adams about Man of Steel. Snyder answered quite a few questions about the film. He addressed the death and destruction in Metropolis. Quote, he says, this is Snyder, Probably 5,000 people died in Metropolis, but it has a purpose. There is sadness to the end of the movie. There is a human price, and that's the thing. Uh, and that's a thing that weighs on Superman. It's important. Let's not forget he's fighting basically his equal. He has no advantage in this scenario. In fact, Zod is a warrior. He has been trained and can fight a hundred times better than Superman. And then Snyder also uh, defended the destruction of Metropolis. He brought up the Avengers, uh, noting that no one seemed to be too bothered that large areas of New York were being destroyed in broad daylight. Uh, Do you think that there weren't thousands of people dying by that, he said? Uh, I mean, you know, Metropolis is a fake city. I mean, the Avengers did fight in New York, and I'm sure a lot of people can notice a lot of landmarks in New York and things like that getting trashed around. You know, I, I personally have no connections to Metropolis. <laughs> yeah, but I, I think there are two different kinds of fights, too, because, I mean, most of the destruction was done by Superman and Zod fighting, while in the Avengers it was a, a large alien army attacking. It wasn't just 
the Hulk and Thor duking it out, just you know, destroying everything yeah. or whatever. And I think that's why that's why people, you know, the Avengers were there trying to stop it, while Superman and Zod were using it as basically their boxing ring. And I think that's where the difference. That's the difference in it. Yeah, and you know, I think I think as long as it plays a factor in the next movie, you know, as long as it's not glossed over and it's not even brought up, I think that's one of the concerns too is that it's not going to have a payoff. Like as long as that's part of the overall story, like yeah, Superman's going to be in some deep shit because he destroyed the city. You know what I mean? I mean, thousands of people died. There's got to be repercussions for that. How many more I mean, people would have died had it not been for Superman? I don't know. I mean, I. It's, uh, well, okay, number they one. They could have flown to the middle of the desert. Number one, the only reason, okay, I'm wrong. Number one, okay, the only reason that Zod was there was because Superman was on Earth. Right? Well, right. well that, and I mean, like, I, it's just, I think that Superman was just reckless. You know, I mean, he's not, he's not been Superman. He's not, he's not a stuff. trained warrior, guys. Yeah, he, this, he this was raised on a farm. Yeah, and that's evidence as to when he, he, you know, he tackles the shit out of Zod in the front of his house, and he goes through two of those big, uh, those big farms, and uh, crashes right. through a, a, a gas station and kills I don't know how many people, and has a big fight in front of Sears and an IHOP and all that. Like he's he's not concerned about other people at all. Yeah, it's, it's, I mean, it's a grudge a match. Yeah, it's, it's a grudge match at that point. Yeah, yeah but do you think he, do you think I, he learned I, his lesson? Yes. Yeah, I think you're go- you're going to see that in the next film, him attempting to show contrition and help rebuild. Well, I, 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 I think we're going to see. I think we're going to see Lex Luthor being the guy talking about rebuilding, and I think Lex Luthor is going to be like, "This guy's an alien. I'm going to I'm going to save the city. I'm the city's savior." Well, and that's how you introduce Bruce Wayne when Lex Luthor and Bruce Wayne teaming up the biggest you know businesses in, in DCU. So, you know, you're gonna. That that could be an easy way in for sure. Yeah, and uh, it's, plus it's the Man of Steel sequel too, so it's not you know who knows even how much Batman we're going to see in this thing. Well, it's Ben Affleck. That guy's going to win all the FaceTime he can get. Well, we might see a lot of Bruce Wayne, but who knows how much actual Batman we'll see? Oh uh, yeah, I mean I'm sure that I don't know, dude. We're going to want to see that. people Kevin are going to want to see Batman, man. Oh yeah, well, especially I mean, you saw you saw Kevin Smith. He said something recently about how uh, on his podcast, The Hollywood Babylon, he said uh, that that he saw Ben Affleck in the suit. Yes, yes, and that yeah. it was just like it was just like game changing. Yes, he Aff- said that it, he, he didn't describe it completely, but he did say that it wasn't the black solid black suit right. that we were used to seeing. Right. Okay. So, After the Q and A, Kevin does his podcast. It's Hollywood Babylon. He admits to seeing the new bad suit, and uh, he says that, yes, you're right. He saw Ben Affleck in the costume. Uh, now, they're friends, so I'm sure, you know, of course, he's going to be excited as all hell to see his buddy in the, you know, Batman suit. You know, they've worked together. They did, uh, he, you know, Kevin helped launch his career, Mallrats, Chasing Amy. Uh, it's no surprise that he's, like, crazy excited for this shit. Now, he said on the podcast, quote, I saw the costume. More than that, I saw Ben Affleck in the costume. I don't want to give anything away because that is up to them and stuff. But I am going to say this. I instantly bear-hugged him. You have not seen this costume in film before because every other movie has done this matrixy black armor thing. There wasn't a single nipple on this fucking suit, man. I think everyone is going to be like, holy shit. We haven't been down this path before. There's a very beep 
influence to it, I would say. Now, the beep was done by Smith's show, uh, by Smith and, and, and his producers. The show's live audience was able to hear what he said, but online the audience did not. Um, so I'd like to hear your guesses as to what he was referring to. I have gone on the internet to see if anybody has like blogged about this and given like, you know, like what he actually said on there. I thought I saw that. I thought I read that. I think I'm it's, pretty sh- I, guys, I, I, thought, I, I think we're finally going to get to see the gray and black costume and not, not the stealth black body armor shit. I, I thought I read somewhere that, that it was leaked out that it was, that he did say Jim Lee. Oh, he said Jim Lee? Yeah, which is what I'm pretty sure I read. I mean, I could be wrong, but that's where I okay. swear I read that somewhere. So, well, I, I think that's what they need to do. I think they need to kind of separate this from the Christian Bale Batman, and it needs to be a completely different Batman. Um, I guys, we already had our Batfleck podcast. Uh, Alil, we didn't get to hear what you think about Ben Affleck as Batman. You know, Steve, we didn't get to hear what you think. Uh, Dave, I get to hear what you think, so shut the fuck up. <laughs> but no, because he, he wrote an article about it, which I gave him shit for, but, um, I'm give it a freeze it for Ben Affleck as Batman. You're gonna give it a freeze it? Yeah, I just, I wanna wait. I wanna see what I, you know, I wanna wait for the first trailer. I wanna wait for some pictures. You know what I mean? I wanna wait for some, some things. I, I I can't make a judgment call. You know what I mean? Like right. Daredevil was ten years ago, and it's not the same people making this movie. It's not the same Ben Affleck, and so you know we'll see what we get. Yeah, I can respect that. Okay, so Steve gives it a freeze. It a little. What are you going? What are you going with, man? You know, I, I'm a fan of Ben Affleck. You know, you talked about some of the old ones, Chasing Amy, all those movies. I Argo. Um, I just can't let Daredevil go. Um, I'm giving it a toss it, um, and and not and not because just the decision, of, right? Yeah, just the decision. Yeah, no, 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 just the decision of him, and and not because of 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 Ben Affleck as an actor or anything. I just saw him doing the the wire foo in Daredevil and all that. All the what this Batman needs to be able to do is this Batman needs to be able to fight. I mean. Even though he's going to be going up against Superman or whatever villain they're going to have, or what, how they're ever going to present this, he's got to be able to move and be agile in this suit and be able to to show that he can that he's tough. I don't think Ben can can move like that. I don't, you know, I don't care, you know, if he's in the gym working out and he's cut, he's still got to be able to to, to make it to make it look right. And in, in Daredevil, he was. It was really slow and methodical moving around in the fight scenes. I mean, I know that they, they sped it up. They added, you know, the, the different lighting touches. They did like a strobe scene, you know, when he was, you know, taking out all the gangsters. And it just, I don't think you can do that with Batman, especially with, you know, with, you know, if they go with that, that, uh, that Jim Lee, I guess, costume where it's, where it's basically the blue and gray. Um, you know he's going to be out there more. I don't think it's going to be more of an armor. I think it's going to be you know I, I, of course it's going to have padding to it, but I, I think he's got to be able to move. And I think you need an actor there that that can be a bit agile. Um, I, I know it's rough and gruff, and you can you know older guys you can probably find somebody to do it. I mean, you know like we were talking about Carl Urban earlier in this episode. Yeah, the yeah, show. I yeah. Mean, I, dude, I, I've been a, I've been an advocate for Anson Mount from Hell on Wheels. That's my guy. That was my yeah. guy. 
I'll say so, this: I, mean, I want it to be awesome. I, I want him to sure. be Sure, hell yeah! Dude. <laughs> you know what I mean? For well, I mean nobody. That's the thing. Nobody. Nobody wants this to fail. I mean, you know, I'm not a DC fan, but I love the I love the Nolan Batman's. I love the Burton Batman's. I, I've watched the other two Batman's, um, but you know, I you know, I even watch the '66 show, and I still get a you know kick out oh, of it. Oh yeah. Batman, you know, Batman is, is, is a different type of beast in the DC universe. And you don't want him to be done wrong. They didn't trap uh, them. Okay, like when Bob Kane created the character, he created a dark character. You know, like Superman is just like so like moral. Like all their characters are moral. They Like none of them had like, like the – like Stan Lee. Like he created all these like uh, Silver Age characters that, that had like imperfections. And yeah. like none of these, like you know, Aquaman and and Wonder Woman and Superman, they're all these moral characters. But you had Batman, and he could be that darker character, and that's what like made him like uh, interesting. That's what made him so cool. Is yeah, that, and, that dark? And he always thought of, and he always thought outside the box. I mean, one of my, and again, I'm yeah, not a, a big detective. DC fan, but it's 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 the 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 trade uh the trade the tower of babel i just love it you know i just love the fact that batman has thought out how to take out every one of the justice league members i mean nobody else thinks like that you know right and i just i just don't see it in ben i think ben's a great actor i think i think affleck will you know and my guess is he's going to end up directing one of these it's just it's just my guess is that's how this package is going to work. I think Ben is um, a good actor. I think he's a great director. Yes, I agree with that. And maybe that's why that they wanted him because they're going to need somebody like a, you know, like a Whedon type who can, who can bring in a big cast. And he's worked with, you know, big cast with a lot of different, you know, big actors. I mean, Argo had a huge, great His cast. His biggest problem, though, was cast. he wasn't used to working with movies that had big special effects, and that's why they, yeah. that's why they're going with guys like Zack Snyder. They need to get somebody in there that's like used to working with like big special effects. You know, I don't think Joss Whedon's too familiar with working with big, big special effects. I think that's no excuse. I think if you're a good storyteller, and you're a good director. You're a good director. I think Ben yeah. Affleck just needs to be like, you know what? I, you know what? I, I need to get a little bit of help when it comes to the, some of the special effects stuff and some of the action choreography. But I'm a good director, and I can handle this. Exactly. I mean, Favreau. I mean, he. I mean, before Iron Man. I mean, yeah, he had Elf and he had uh, Zathura. But I mean, yeah. I mean, it, that's still not. I mean, that's not. You know. Iron Man type action, you know that's that's completely different realm with with what he was doing before. I mean, I, I think I think Ben would be fine to direct it. I mean, I think he would be terrific. I think is I, I think he's got a passion for this because I know he's a fan of of these comics. I know you know, I knew and, and that's why when he when he was signed on for Daredevil, you yeah. know, over a decade ago, I was okay with it because I knew he was a fan. Everybody's a fucking fan though. Like everybody well, that gets cast in these movies now, they find out to be a fan. Like uh, Jamie Alexander is Sif. She's like, oh, now she's a fan of Wonder Woman because now she's in the talks of Wonder Woman. Like everybody's a fan of everything now. I think almost like it's almost like everybody's just saying they're a fan of these things just so they can get into these movies now because it's the hot thing. Yeah. I can't well, seriously I, I see Jamie Alexander sitting around reading Wonder Woman comics. 
I don't know if that's true, though. I mean, I, I think maybe these people were closet fans. You never know. Well, they I are mean, actors, so maybe yes. But, but, but you know, I mean, that's the thing. It just seems like everybody's saying, like, oh, I'm a fan. I'm a fan. I'm, oh, I'm a big fan of this. I've been reading it. Like, now everybody's a fan of Guardians of the Galaxy. Nobody's fucking read Guardians of the Galaxy. Unless you're fucking, you know what I mean? Who's read Guardians of the Galaxy? I've been reading Guardians of the Galaxy over the last few years, but I haven't been like a big Marvel cosmic fan until just recently. I I, I know the characters. I have not. So I, I will never tell you that I was a fan before. I do like the characters, um, you know, just from, from little crossover things here and there. But you're, but you're right. I mean, but... But no, no, Chris I'm not. I'm not 100. He wasn't a fan before. He just, you know, just signed yeah. on because it was Marvel. What, what I like about Hugh Jackman is, is like he didn't know shit from. He didn't know who the X Men were. Hugh Jackman yeah. had no idea who the X Men were when he first signed on. He was this Australian actor, and he was like, "The X Men in Australia, that's a band." They, 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 it wasn't even. He didn't even know about the comic books. But you know what? Since then, he's like read about the character. He loves the character, and 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 now he's a huge fan of the X Men. But before all this happened, like he didn't know who the X Men were. I just think it's kind of weird that all these actors are coming out now that are like you know rumored to be these uh, in these parts, and now they're like, yeah. I've always been a fan of the comic books. It's like I can't see Channing Tatum. Channing Tatum said he liked Gambit. I can't see him sitting around reading Gambit comic books I can see him around doing crunches and shit but not fucking reading Gambit shut the fuck up you know what I mean come on you're sitting around lifting weights and being a douchebag you're not sitting around reading Gambit comic books stop it don't lie to me practicing throwing cards <laughs> yeah yeah. he's in his room throwing, throwing cards come on whatever That'd be funny. That, that guy you, lost you know, his virginity when he was 12. He's not sitting around reading comic books. That should have been part of his spoof video when he was trying to do the splits. He should have pulled out a deck of cards and just started chucking some around. <laughs> nope, that would have even been better. I mean, that would have just, you know... I'm not going to speak. Yeah, I'm not going to speak for every actor out there. It's nice to know that, like, I honestly do think that Vin Diesel is a comic book fan. I do. I believe that. Well, well, I mean, bringing bringing it back to Man of Steel, I, I I think that maybe I have a biased opinion about the Batman showing up in the sequel because I love the Man of Steel so much. I mean, I was a big fan of the movie. I know. Me too. You know, a lot of negative and positive feedback, but I really liked it. It was very divisive. yeah. yeah, after Superman returns and everyone's fucking, oh, there's not enough action, and then Man of Steel comes out, and, oh, there's too much action. I'm just like, oh god, yeah, yeah. Just, just take a side, you know, go sit down. Hey guys, did you uh, <laughs> yeah. see the domain names that got registered by Warner Brothers yes. online? Yes, we exactly. are definitely yeah. going to talk about that. We are definitely going to talk about the domain names. Um, I wanted to talk real quick before we go into the domain names. Did you guys hear about? Um, there was the rumor – you guys know Jackie Earl Haley. He played Rorschach in Watchmen. Yeah, yeah. And Freddy Krueger on the new Nightmare. Yes, yes. Yep. And, and uh, he also played uh, the dirt bike riding Kelly on the Bad News Bears when he was a kid. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, all right. People um, – he, he was actually rumored. Uh, El Miambe from Latino Review – Latino review, take them with a grain of salt. 50% of the stuff they say is true, 50% they say is not true. Okay, but El Miyambi came out, and, and, uh, it looks like there was rumors from comicbookmovie.com that Lex, uh, let's see here, that, um, Jackie Earl Haley was, um, audi- he auditioned for a part in Man of Steel 2, but was turned down. 
So think about what part would he audition for? What part would he fit for in Man of Steel 2? Now, people are speculating because he's bald Lex Luthor. Didn't Jimmy Olsen have freckles? Uh, I can't see him as Jimmy. Jimmy Olsen's going to be younger <laughs> than oh, I Superman. I mean, he could be Lex's I mean, sidekick, Otis. Yeah, <laughs> right. He's Otis. <laughs> now, El Miambe, uh from Latino View, he also said that the rumors from comicbookmovie.com that Lex Luthor would be different in this film and showing up wearing a battle suit from salvaged Kryptonian technology that he constructed Sweet. was false. No, 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 uh, Dave, Dave, Dave. In a previous episode, I thought that Batman showed up on the Lex Tower because the tower that – remember, okay, Zod ripped off his armor. Right. Okay. Zod rips off his armor and it's on top of a Lex Corp tower. I think Batman shows up, takes that, and that's what the new bat suit is going to be constructed from. Mm. Okay. Mm. Now, he also said that the rumor that Grant Gustin, El Miambe said that the rumor that Grant Gustin, who's playing Barry Allen and will become the Flash on the CW, would also cross over and make a com- cameo appearance in The Man of Steel 2 is also a false rumor. Thank God. Yeah. Keep the CW, Arrow, and all that stuff separate, in my opinion. Yeah, they, that was brought up earlier this week, too. Yeah. The, uh, the producer for Arrow. Right, right. Yeah, he did. You're right. Absolutely. He yeah, got, he, he, he said that there was absolutely no connection between his show and the DC Cinematic Universe. So thank God. There you have it. That's the end of that. Yeah, thank goodness, because like I was really worried about that, because honestly, I mean, think about it. Okay, you've got the Flash TV show that's going to come out, which um, episode eight is going to be the first appearance of Barry Allen. They're going to have another appearance of Barry Allen. And then episode 20 was supposed to be the origin of Barry Allen as the Flash. Well, they've totally done away with that. They're just going to have a – they're not going to have a backdoor pilot. They're actually going to have an, uh, a uh, pilot just for Arrow uh, – just for the Flash, which I think is good news. Um more Batman versus Superman news that came out this week. Um, there's a lot of speculation that the latest movie will be based on the Elseworlds story Kingdom Come from Mark Wade and uh, art by Alex Ross. Now, the reason for that is that Warner Brothers producer Daniel Alter recently tweeted, quote, can't wait for Batman versus Superman, Batfleck, semi-retired, Slash not speaking to Robin anymore, controlling drones from the Batcave. Now, guys, all of these things can be found in Kingdom Come. Um, in that story, you have Superman and the Justice League battling Lex Luthor and his group, the Mankind Liberation Front. Uh, Batman has his own group. They're called the Outsiders, which includes members like Green Arrow, which, uh, you know, makes sense that we were hearing those Stephen Amell rumors, but thank God they've been kind of squashed. Um, Dick Grayson sides with Superman and the Justice League, and then it causes a rift between him and Batman, which, to go back to that tweet by An- An- uh, Daniel Alter, he says that Bat- you know, he's Batman's super, uh, semi-retired, he's not speaking to Robin anymore, which that coincides with that. Now, also, Daniel Alter, he mentions drones in his tweet. 
in Kingdom Come, there are robots that Bruce Wayne has built to patrol Gotham City. Bruce Wayne has been revealed as Batman in this story. Since then, Two-Face and Bane have destroyed Wayne Manor. Now, Batman has sealed up the Batcave, and he uses robot drones to police the city. He is also weaker now than he used to be, and he uses an an exoskeleton to get around. Um, I'm sure that they're not going to incorporate everything from this, but it looks like so far, just from that tweet, that they are taking things from this story. So a lot of things from Kingdom Come sound like they could come to fruition in this Batman of Steel 2, Batman vs. Superman movie, whatever the fuck you want to call it. We'll go over those titles in a second. But how does that sound? That, that sounds like they're taking a lot from that story. Wouldn't you guys agree? Definitely. <laughs> I, I, well, I, I like most of it I just I don't know how much how much of a how much Batman like Robin stories and stuff do you need in a Man of Steel sequel you know what I mean like should that be saved for a Batman solo movie I'm sure Affleck signed on for at least one of those do you seriously want to see a Batman solo solo movie with Batman <laughs> maybe ben maybe Affleck? what if Batman's awesome in Man of Steel too? then you might want to see a man, another solo movie Yes, come to the dark side. Oh God! <laughs> <laughs> I'm playing devil's advocate, man. I th- I think it could be awesome. I mean, it really my, could my, be. So. My thing here is, if if they're going this route, you know, then then maybe Affleck can pull it off if he needs an ex- uh, exoskeleton suit to maneuver around. But then then at this point, I mean, we're talking about a movie. I mean, they're going to have to develop so much in this movie. We're talking about a movie that's going to go four hours. Why don't we just have Stephen Hawking as Batman then? (laughs) What the fuck? (laughs) I will defeat you, Batman. Dude, I want to see see Batman in physical peak condition taking him on. You know? I don't want to see something, some gimp taking on Superman. That's the the thing. I don't understand. Yeah, I, I... don't in in this in this way I don't see it becoming a, a versus movie is more of a team up because I, you know what is what is Batman going to do throw some you know have some drones fly at Superman and but Dave but also Dave said earlier come, dark, you, Kingdom come sorry, sorry no sorry. Dave said earlier you you talked about you said the Dark Knight you talked about the Dark Knight Returns did you say Dark Knight Returns dude Batman kicks Superman's ass in Dark Knight yep. Returns. That's that, and that's the quote. Okay, San Diego Comic Con. When the dude came out and he gave the quote from Dark Knight Returns, he gave the quote, and I can't quote it right now, but it's basically the quote, basically saying like, "You will remember this, the day that you know." You will remember my hand around your throat. Thank you, guys. There is wait, going wait, wait, to we be. We should have Dave read that whole exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Opener next week. There we go. No, I mean seriously, guys. If there was ever time to see Batman fight Superman before they go on to a world's finest movie, this is the time. This is the time. I mean, seriously, if if they said like, I mean, this is like, guys. Uh, Batman versus Superman. That's all you need to say. That's that's all the title needs to be. They talk. Let's talk about these other titles, okay? Do you guys want to talk about these other titles? Yeah. Who's got it. them pulled up? Who wants to read them? I, I, I got, got them right here. All right. Go ahead. Um, so it looks like they uh, registered a bunch of domains, uh, possible titles. So we got uh, the first one is Man of Steel Battle the Knight. Sp- Knight spelled K N I G H T. 
Um, then we got Man of Steel Beyond Darkness. And we got Man of Steel Black of Night, once again with a K. And then we got Man of Steel Darkness Falls, Man of Steel Night Falls, Man of Steel Shadow of the Night, Man of Steel The Blackest Hour, and Man of Steel The Darkness Within. And then they also so, registered those domains without the Man of Steel title in front of it, too. A lot of darkness in there. Yeah. A lot of darkness. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> a lot of darkness. I don't know. I don't know, guys. I mean, what, what are those titles do you like? Which one would you uh, go with out of those titles or a title that you came up with yourself? What would you choose? I, I would Man. just keep it Batman versus Superman if they're going that route yeah. they're going to fight. Yeah, I mean, right? boy. Like world's fi- Man is, or do Man of Steel world's finest, you know? I mean, do something like that, you know? Well, something I don't that- think it's world's finest, yes. That's when they team up, man. That's true, that's true. I, I, yeah, I they're think- just meeting. Okay, them. man. Yeah. I tell you that there's going to be a movie where um, the Terminator and RoboCop are going to be in the same movie. And I'm going to call it, you know, um, I don't know, whatever, dude. It, it doesn't matter what you call it. All you want to call it is fucking RoboCop versus Terminator, am I right? And that's all people are going to call it. Thank so, you. Uh, I mean, it, it, it makes these titles to me are terrible. I, I don't, I don't understand where they would be going with the story. I mean, Night Falls. Are they going to kill Batman? Yeah, that doesn't I mean, make any sense. Well, and, and the darkest with hour. <laughs> what is that? Darkest hour, blackest hour. I mean, to me, those sound like is the Green Lantern showing up? Is he going to you know talk about the you know brightest day, the blackest night? I mean, I don't understand. Right. A lot of these titles. Um, that's a good point. You know, the Blackest Hour. That's that's a good point. That could be a, a reference to something else. Man of Steel, Batman versus Superman. That's all you need to put. Okay. I, Number, I don't even think you even need Man of Steel in there. Just Batman, Batman versus, versus Superman. You're right, man. You, don't, you know, you have you have the logo. They've already got it made. That's it. You don't even need to put it on the poster. You just put that logo, and that's it. That's your just draw. like the, the, just like eighty nine Batman. The, the the poster was just the bat symbol. Just the bat symbol. That's all you just saw. Anywhere. It, yeah. Guys, I, I for that first trailer, all they need to throw, all they need to put in that first trailer is the, all they need to show is like Superman in an alley. And all of a sudden, you just see like you know the shadow of uh, of uh, Batman, and and you, and you see a battering fly. That's all you need. You don't need uh, anything else. Yeah. It's going to be so amazing. Or something like that. Uh, right, right. You know, just seeing the two of them on screen together is just going to be. It's just going to be. It's going to be like that Avengers moment when you saw that first Avengers trailer and it did the the pan around and you saw all the Avengers standing there together in a big circle and it was so like you're like oh my I god I can't believe I'm seeing this. That's what it's going to be like when you first see Batman, whether it's Ben Affleck or not, with Superman on screen. It's going to be like, holy shit. They need to discover kryptonite in this movie. They need, and it needs to be Batman being the detective. Because that's what we missed out of those Bale movies. Is like, Bale was a great Batman, but he was not a great detective. And Batman is the greatest detective on the planet. Okay? That's why they're called Detective Comics. He's a detective. And that's what we need to see from this, is Batman being a detective. And we need to see him figuring out his opponent. And his opponent is, a, in my eyes, is probably, he's a god. On this planet, he is a god. You cannot, seriously, how do you stop somebody with his capability, with his power set? Well, Batman being the detective, he's the guy who's going to do it. That's what we need to see from this movie. We need to see a smart, savvy 
Batman who's going to be able to stop this guy. We need to see. Yeah, we need to he's see. He's going to have to find a way to bring him down to his level. Yes. He's going to have to be even with Superman because, I mean, on paper, it's just not fair. Exactly. <laughs> so, you know, they're, they're going to have to find a way to make them, put them on the same even playing ground. You guys can't tell me that you don't want to see Superman humbled. You guys can't tell me that you don't want to see a human. Come on, we're going to root for him. We're going to root for Batman yes. because you, you guys want to see, you guys want to see him humble Clark Kent. I want to, guys. I do. I want to see him grab him by the neck and just beat him down. And I want. Oh yeah, just, just like the end of that so, that the Frank Miller book. I mean, that's one of the the best panels. Just you know, just where you see basically Superman in, in a bloody pulp. Yes. I mean, this is Apollo but, Creed versus Rocky, man. That's what I th- I want to see. That's what I want to see. I want to see the underdog. I want to see the underdog. Take it to that. I want I, guys. I I want to see them fight. I, I think Kenneth Tag. Oh, they have to. They have to. It can't be no no arguing and you know just a quick team up, right? You know, and slight disagreement. No, they got to go. Yeah, come on, guys. Go. Seriously, toe, man. Th- seriously, think about it. Do you guys seriously think of this movie like Batman's going to hunt him down and be like, "You've got powers. We need to be friends and team up." No, he's going to be like, "You're an alien. I don't trust you. You destroyed my satellite. I'm going to kick your ass. Get off the planet." Well, the thing yeah. is, he's going he's going to have to find the kryptonite before he does that because I mean, all, yeah, it, all yeah. Superman needs to do is blow on him, and he'll just fly across the damn country. Right. I mean. <laughs> Yeah, he does. He needs yeah. to find kryptonite. But like, there's been rumors that Zack Snyder has said that kryptonite's not going to be introduced into this universe, which I think is well, bullcrap. But he had the in the Man of Steel. He went onto the to Zod's ship in the atmosphere. Yes, and he did Zod, react. It made him sick. So yeah. maybe, maybe, maybe uh, Batman can get a hold of some. Maybe it's not kryptonite. Maybe it is just a piece of the you know, just like a piece of a meteorite or some crap. You know, um, some some rare mineral. That, that just weakens Superman enough when he's close to him. Maybe he's allergic to David S. Goyer's scripts. <laughs> and who isn't? No crap, yeah, seriously. Yeah. Come on, guys. Let's hire somebody else but that dude. <sighs> yeah, seriously, the only, the only reason he got any notoriety with Warner Brothers is because Nolan did the scripts. Nolan just said, I don't know comics. Can you can you add some comic terms in this? And that's it. <laughs> that's all he brought to those scripts. I agree, dude. I mean... The, the proofs the proofs there. I mean, look at anything else Goyer's done besides the the Nolan trilogy. And I, I'll, I'll give you you know Man of Steel, Ghost Rider, <laughs> Ghost Rider, yeah, exactly Ghost Rider. <sighs> the worst thing is if you you guys ever see the David Hasselhoff Nick Fury. Uh, yes, he, he oh, did oh, that. Man. He did that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, and I've seen it multiple times just because I'm a I'm just that kind of person. That that was just awful. Masochistic. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I enjoy torture. Uh, oh, man. <laughs> All right, yeah, guys. So I don't know. Like any of those? Are there any of those that you would go with? The ones? Any of those domains that they registered that you would go with? Like if you were like I don't know if somebody like forced a gun to your head and said I choose. The only one I can say is Battle of the Night because it's the only thing I could consider would be like Batman versus Superman. I mean, Man of Steel, Battle of the Night. I mean, Battle, I'm th- I'm thinking, yeah, you kind of got me swaying towards Battle of the Night. All I'm thinking is Battle of the Night or Beyond Darkness. 
Let's see. Then I think of uh, Star Trek. Star Trek. <laughs> you motherfuckers, you're so right. God damn it. And then, and then they got this other one that's like Man of Steel: Darkness Falls. I'm like, is he gonna fight that fucking Tooth Fairy from like 15 years ago? What's gonna happen here? Like, Darkness uh, Falls. Really? Yeah, I, these well, are terrible. Well, I'm, I'm telling you, there's the, the darkness. Boyer probably came up with all these. There's the darkness within. Oh, that means more brooding Superman. That's gonna be way too much brooding in one movie. Man. No, guys, if I both think of those motherfuckers are pouting all day. Yeah, Ugh. guys, we need to see a lighter, happier Superman in this next movie. Because I mean, come on, like, dude, the the he set the whole tone of that last movie, and he was upset and sad that last movie. Superman needed a hug. It's <laughs> got I, a I huge think, stress relief. I, I mean. I think Goyer's going to ta- keep tapping into this because this is what he followed with, with the Nolan verse. It's just going to keep and brooding and brooding and brooding. Yeah. Dave, what and they're we- trying to distance themselves even more from Marvel and the and the, the comedy. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. Man of Steel had like three jokes in it. So, oh, exactly. Know. And then one was at the end and it was kind of inappropriate after Metropolis had been just destroyed. But Yeah, yeah. I didn't like that joke either. Oh, he's so hot. <laughs> but he destroyed like most of my friends. Um, so like, okay, Dave. Guys, what would you do to fix the next movie? Like, I enjoyed the last movie, but, like, what would you do to fix Superman? Like, Superman's such a tough character to tackle, am I right? Definitely. I would like to see um, more time spent with him as Clark than him in the suit. Okay. That's what I would like. I, I felt like they he spent so much time in the suit in the movie, uh-huh. uh, racking up effects budgets, that we didn't really see the man. Okay. That we we saw the symbol, we saw the mission, we saw the the god among men, but we didn't ever see much of Clark Kent. So, do you want to see Clark Kent interacting with Bruce Wayne? Definitely. I agree. But, but, I th- I, but maybe if he's like interviewing him, I guess I'm trying to come up with a circumstance in which they'd ever even be close to each other. Guys, I want to see Bruce Wayne flirting. With Lois Lane, hardcore, pissing off Clark, big time. Okay, guys, think about this. Okay, in every, in the comic book series, when those two meet, it's all about who can figure out who's who. Okay, Superman is going to be able to figure out who Batman is instantly. X-ray vision, bam! Superman looks at him. He's like, "Okay, you're Bruce Wayne." Flies off, cocky, cocky as all hell. So then we've got our detective, Batman. So in the comic books, Batman, he'll stake him out. He'll find out where he's living, and then he'll see him as Clark Kent. And then he'll see, he'll see him as Clark Kent, and uh, he'll, like, tap on his window, let him know he's looking at him, and then, you know, Batman creeps off. So now they both know. But it's always fun seeing – because these guys always figure out who they are. Superman's yeah. always going to figure it out first, and then Batman being the detective, he's got one way or another. He's going to find out that Superman is Clark Kent. Uh, Superman is Clark Kent. It's going to happen. That's going to be fun to see. So then we're going to see interactions between them because they can't out each other as who they are. They don't want to reveal who they are, but at the same time, they can mess with each other. And you know, he can he can mess with him as you know Clark Kent. And he can mess with yeah. him as Bruce Wayne, and I think that's where some comical scenes can in- ensue from that that point forward. Watching these uh, two interact, and, and and just watching how like Clark Kent interacts with uh, how he reacts to Bruce Wayne, like hitting on Lois. 
shit yeah. like that. You know what I mean? And like, there's supposed to be a, like a love interest for Bruce Wayne in this movie. Maybe Clark will put the moves on her. Yeah, I, I um, oh, fuck, I forgot what I was going to say. Move on. It, did, it, it probably wasn't important anyway. Well, what, yeah, what I was no, going to say was, I, was. I hope Batman's a better detective than anybody else in, in Metropolis because all Clark's yeah, wearing yeah, his glasses. Um, so he better be able to tell who Superman is. Yeah, that's true. I mean, that, that's the that's the thing that you know. You got to give mean, Zack just, Snyder props though for letting Lois know who it is. Exactly. That's that's yeah. the point I was gonna make. Was yeah. that it's 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 a it's a breath of fresh air that that doesn't have to be like a focus of their storyline. Right. You know what I mean? Like it's just out in the open. Like you can make more jokes because she knows he's Superman now. You know what I mean? Like right. She, she can laugh when he has to struggle to hold the door open or some crap, you know. So, so that that's good. I'm glad that they went that route instead of having this. She's supposed to be some Pulitzer Prize winning reporter, but she can't tell that, you know, this dude she works with is the guy that's been saving her and you know all in her face. <laughs> you know, doesn't make any sense. But we hey, can we all agree that we're looking forward to Man of Steel too? Oh yeah. All oh, right. Man. I can. Hey, uh, let's uh, let's kind of wrap this up. Did anybody else have anything to finish on with that? Yeah, I had one other thing. Okay. Um, I sent you a picture earlier this week. Yes, uh, it was a picture that that could mean nothing, but it could mean something. And it was a picture of Benedict Cumberbatch, and he was standing with a bunch of life size like um, cutouts. Yeah, I remember of, this. Uh, Hulk and Black Widow, and I think uh, Cap was there too. So. From Marvel Studios right. or, or so, Disney Studios or yeah. somewhere. Yeah, so Benedict Cumberbatch was at Marvel Studios, uh, Disney, and th- yeah, there was a picture. Wasn't there like the Hulk and like Black Widow? and? Yeah, and he was yeah. just like standing with him with his thumbs up, you know, and it was just kind of a cool thing. I mean, it could mean nothing, but at the same time, does that mean he's going to be part of the MCU anytime soon? Or? Okay, so me and you were talking about this and like all like the sp- – speculation has been like Benedict Cumberbatch is going to be in a Star Wars movie, right? He's been talking with JJ, but like, does this picture mean that he could be part of the Marvel cinematic universe? Like you just stated, I mean, and, and we thought like, who could he be? Who could he be? And we kept thinking like, you know, maybe was it Dr. Strange? And then we were thinking, could it be Adam Warlock? And then yeah, I, that's kind of when I was, I was – I thought that was that would be really cool. And then we have a listener, Jake Johnston, who sent us a – basically a link talking about an Easter egg from Thor 2. Has everybody seen Thor 2? Yes. The yeah. dork world? The dark world. <laughs> Did you say the dork world? <laughs> so everybody here's seen Thor 2, the dark world. Mm-hmm. Okay, there's an Easter egg at the end of the movie – with the remember the Guardians of the Galaxy scene with the collector, yeah, yep, I know exactly what you're talking about. Okay, so there's like this whole like we have a crying baby over here. That's my son Triton, like King Triton from The Little Mermaid. He hated Thor. <laughs> Apparently, <laughs> <laughs> fuck Thor. Son, it was a good movie. Stop. All right, guys, I'll be right back. Um, so there's a scene at the end of, um, this is spoilers too for Thor. So if you haven't seen it, apparently somebody's upset that I'm about to spoil Thor here. Yeah, that must be a sign. It must be a sign. (laughs) 
So if you haven't seen Thor, then you know turn off the podcast. <laughs> now, now, God, now I got a dog barking. Anything else? Anybody else want to chime in? Um, so there's a scene at the end of the Thor. It's the first mid credit scene. It's uh, a Guardians of the Galaxy, the collector scene. And one of the, um, you know, the collector collects things from different universes, you know, whether it be like plant life, whatever. I mean, it could be artifacts, whatever. Um, there's one artifact there that looks like a cocoon. Um, are you guys familiar with this? Have you heard about this? Yeah, yeah. I haven't. I haven't. Okay, the cocoon is, uh, people are saying that it's, okay, Adam Warlock in the Marvel 616 universe, when he gets hurt or injured, he can put himself into a cocoon that heals himself. And so a lot of people believe that this is Adam Warlock inside the cocoon. And so that he could be he could be introduced into the universe. Adam Warlock is a huge character when it comes to the Infinity Gauntlet series, which we all know that this is going to be leading to the Infinity Gauntlet because because in that movie we find out that the Tesseract is one of the Infinity Stones and the Aether is one of the Infinity Stones. So, Wait, so there was a, there was a cocoon in, in the background. It's not yeah, one like of Sif and, and that Holstog, the guy they like walked around it when they were going yes. up to collect it. Yes, there's like a cocoon. And it's in like one of the chambers that he has, like all of the uh, in his museum, collector's museum. He's got all these different chambers with uh, different things in them, and one of them is a is a cocoon looking thing. And a lot of people are speculating that this is a cocoon, and it may contain the character of Adam Warlock. And so Adam Warlock may be introduced into the Marvel Cinematic Universe, and so. Yeah. Me and Steve were kind of talking the other day, and I was just like, dude, that picture that you sent me of Benedict Cumberbatch, maybe Benedict Cumberbatch could be Adam Warlock. Well, and think about this, too. Like, um, Guardians of the Galaxy is done filming now, but right about now is right around the time when they start filming these mid credit scenes. Right. You know what I mean? And for Benedict Cumberbatch to be there, maybe that was part of his deal with, with the whole Disney Marvel thing. Star Wars, you get a little bit of Marvel, a little bit of Star Wars. I mean, you can be a... a, a a classy actor, all you want, but I mean that—that's going to be hard to pass up. Maybe a he's going like that. I mean, yeah, maybe he's going to be a villain in the uh, Star Wars, and then he could be a uh, a hero in the Marvel Cinematic Universe and Adam Warlock. Or, is it, or, he, Thor, or, yeah. or he could have uh, stood next to some cardboard cutouts and put his thumbs up and said, "Let's fucking make or a bunch he, of or he could nerd be, out for a while." Or he could <laughs> yeah. be just doing the Simon Pegg and like you know, like when Simon Pegg stood in front of the Ant Man picture and like everybody on the internet like thought he was going to be Ant Man. Exactly, but it's still fun to speculate. It's still it fun is. To think about, like, who could he be? Speaking of Infinity, I'd love to see him play uh, Corvus Glaive. Corvus Glaive from the new, yeah. I don't know. It's. I think it's too soon for them to do that. I think they're gonna. I think. I think Infinity would be a great storyline to go with in the future. But I think they're gonna go more of like the uh, um, George Perez, you know, Infinity, uh, yeah, you know, the the John Byrne Perez run. Um, something that comic book fans are more familiar with right now. Have any of you guys seen the rumor that? Uh our beloved doctor, Matt Smith, might be hanging up the sonic screwdriver to pick up a lightsaber. I did see a, 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 something about Matt Smith uh, up for some Star Wars stuff, and that's really cool. That's really cool. My fellow Whovians out there would probably be very excited to see that. 
Well, I mean, they did talk about David Tennant being Plastic Man in a Justice League oh, movie. God. That was a true rumor, dude. It was true. <laughs> David Tennant is Plastic Man. Hey, oh, 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 I also wanted to mention real quick that um, the uh, the Matthew McConaughey, um, Woody Harrelson, uh, True, uh, Detective. H- True Detective, the uh, HBO, the first trailer is up on the internet, so check that out, everybody. Um, oh yeah, I haven't seen that. Is that good? I haven't. I haven't seen the trailer yet. It just came up like uh, yesterday or today. I'm going to check it out. But check it out. It's up on the internet, and uh, that comes out on HBO on January 12th. Um, I am definitely going to be watching that, guys. Um, I think that's something we should definitely watch. Just the yeah. The I mean yeah. The I got pilot. HBO here at the house, so yeah, I got it go. as well. So we're all good to go there. Amen. All right, hey guys! I've had a great show. I've had a great time. Yeah, it's not been a great show. It's been a horrible show. But um, I've had a great time doing the show. <laughs> Seriously, yeah, um, yeah. This show's blown. But um, you know, and I'm just fucking with you guys. <laughs> you guys are like all freaking. That's out. his official submission into the into the tagline contest. Right. We are pop culture leftovers. This, this show, show blows. <laughs> this show blows. Suck a dick. Suck a dick. We'll see you next week. <laughs> no, I have a, hey, guys, I've had a great time. You know, it's like with every show, it's going to get a little bit better as we go. Um, you know, it's the first time you podcast, it's different. You know, it takes a little time to get used to and to get comfortable behind the mic. Um, Alil, you got, you, you, I thought you brought a lot of great insight tonight. Uh, Steve, you were awesome. Dave, thanks a lot for being here. Thanks for contributing to the website. Anytime, brother. Right. We just need to get you a voice transplant, but other than that, <laughs> <laughs> I was telling Dave earlier that he sounds like, you know, the movie Scream. He sounds like the guy that calls the chick and the next thing you know, she dies. Hey, what's your favorite scary movie? No, my, my <laughs> voice isn't always this rough, but, uh, my restaurant is in Washington, Illinois. And if, for those of you who don't know what's been going on in Washington, <laughs> Illinois over this past week, uh, the neighborhood, the entire neighborhood behind my restaurant is, looks like bulldozers went through the whole thing. Uh, there was a big tornado last Sunday. Everyone in the neighborhood sounds like this now. Even, well, fi- even five-year-old girls sound like no, this. No, I've, I've been directly involved with all of the recovery efforts, and there's been a lot of hollering and screaming and, you know, talking over loud noises. So yeah. consequently, my voice is sounding a little extra rough. But, hey, enough about my bullshit. Happy Thanksgiving, <laughs> uh, everybody. Yeah, everybody. It's a, it's a great Batman voice, man. Great Batman voice. <laughs> Gotta read that monologue, man. I, Gotta I find hate that, crying. pull it up, record it, have it, have it put in at the end of the show. <laughs> I want to hear that shit, man. Put some epic music behind it. Ah. That's why I secretly hated Christian Bale's Batman, because it was way too close to home. <laughs> okay, hold on, hold on, hold on. Wait, wait. Before I, before, on that note, h- how lame was it when he said up by himself on the roof? <laughs> He's like, so that's how that feels. <laughs> like, you're by yourself, dude. <laughs> Dave, <laughs> why and would you talk like that by yourself? <laughs> when you, when you think in your head, do you think in your voice or do you think in Batman's voice? <laughs> no, I actually, I actually think in the voice of uh, Bubbles from uh, Powerpuff Girls. <laughs> Okay, <laughs> that's my that's my favorite Powerpuff Girl. Hey, hell yeah, Lil. Who's your favorite Spice Girl? <laughs> um, Ginger, S- Sporty, <laughs> Posh. 
Uh, mine is Old Spice. <laughs> <laughs> they're, they're all Old Spice. <laughs> they're all Old Spice now. <laughs> Guys, I've had a great time. Listeners, stick with us. It's 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 a new team. Uh, hopefully, Jake will be back. We're going to try to coax him to come in back. But I've had a great time recording this week, and we'll see you guys next week. Um, this is a double-sized issue of Pop Culture Leftovers this week. Usually, we don't go this long, but I've had a good time. So I hope you enjoyed it. We'll see you guys next week. Happy Thanksgiving. Happy Thanksgiving. Goodbye, everybody. Thank you for listening. Thanks for listening to Pop Culture Leftovers. Congratulations. I don't know how you did it. I couldn't do it. You people need a T-shirt saying, I just listened to two hours of nonsensical crap. Anyway, if you'd like to reach the Pop Culture Leftovers cast, you can email them at comments at popcultureleftovers.com. You can also follow them on Twitter at PC Leftovers or like their Facebook page. They'd love to hear from you. They're all pretty sad and lonely. One of them is homeless, but I didn't say that. And as always, check out our website, www.popcultureleftovers.com. We've got great articles there. Comic reviews, movie reviews, television reviews. It's awesome. Check it out. And if you're interested in writing for the site, uh, we definitely need more writers. So send an email to domesticateddave at gmail.com. And if David Griffin likes what he reads, he'll get in contact with you. And you can be part of the team. Remember, this is a non-paying gig, but it's a really cool way to have your voice heard. And we'd love to read your submissions. So get in contact with David. And thank you. There's already like 7 million podcasts talking about pop culture and all that. Makes us happy like shooting at a womp rat. But it's all been done before. And we don't want to be a copycat. We're the leftovers picking up the scraps. By the cool kids. It, it, it's a trap. Good it toss it, good it taste. Do we love it? Hey, let's fix it, clean erase it, let's embrace the Tupperware party. Subculture spill over like a vulture, carry over counterculture, pushovers, pop culture, leftovers. And with uncool kids, what's to say has already been said. Leftovers. Pretty sure that the only talent is the band that's singing this. Pop culture leftovers. Original and good have already been done before, so we should separate the wheat from the shaft. And we're the shaft, the crap, even though we're the shit. Woo! We're the leftovers picking up the scraps, dropped by the four kids. It, it, it's a trap. Good and toss it, good and taste it. Do we love it? Hey, let's face it, can't erase it. Let's embrace the Tupperware party. Subculture spill over like a vulture, carry over counterculture, push over pop culture. Leftovers. And with the uncool kids, what's to say has already been said. Leftovers. Pretty sure that the only talent is the band that's singing this. Pop culture leftovers. Do we love it? Hey, let's face it, can't erase it, let's embrace the Tupperware party. Subculture spill over like a vulture, carryover, counterculture, pushovers, pop culture, leftovers. And with the uncool kids, what's to say has already been said, leftovers. sure the only talent is the band that's singing this, pop culture, leftovers.